snowmen and robots, and welcome to the definitive list of everything ever, season one, Disney edition. We have a robot designed solely to help people with no soul. It's James. Oh no. That would have been a better joke. What? Oh, if you just oh. said, oh no. That's kind of like his catchphrase. And also with us, we have a man living in the woods that picks his own nose. It's Derek. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> Fair enough. You can probably maybe guess what movies we watched this week. That's right. We watched Chicken Little again twice for your viewing pleasure. No, just kidding. We watched something a little better, but only a little. <laughs> what are you going to do now, fanboys and girls? Fight Nothing. Me. Yeah, bite me. Wait, what? Anyway, <laughs> that's more like an Olaf thing because his nose does get bit at the end. This is true. So, I mean, just saying it checks out. Anyway, uh, before we talk about these movies, um, first, they're both rated PG. So if you are under the age of 13, make sure you go ask your parent if you can listen to this podcast. Um, second, we took a quiz on Oh My Disney where Wreck-It Ralph is soon to go hang out, which I will never <laughs> forgive them for this, um, <laughs> about which Frozen character we are. So, Derek, going off of the intro, which Frozen character might you be? I'm Kristoff. I try to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I... think it's that important, but okay. All right. I, I want to sound smart. It's going to take a lot more than that. Oh! oh! If they've been listening to this podcast, they already know. I mean, we're yeah. fine. The judgment calls have already been made by the listeners at who they care about on this podcast and who they just ignore. Ow. All right. What? I'm, it could be any It could be you! Self-esteem needs some work, Kristoff. I've heard that you try to hide it, but deep down you're an awesome and caring person. Your hygiene could be better, but we won't judge. Does that sound correct? Uh... In parts. Are you bathing lately, Derek? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. James, who are you? I am Derek's romantic interest, Anna. <laughs> I'm optimistic, eager, and always just always see the good in people. I long for adventure and romance, and a little chocolate would be much appreciated. Oh my gosh, freaking that chocolate joke. Anyway. I'm Marshmallow, which is apparently the giant snow monster. It has a name. Because Olaf calls it Marshmallow once. Yeah. Hang on. I think I so. Need to check something here real fast. When were marshmallows invented? <laughs> In the 1800s. Anachronism. Disney, get your facts straight. Moving mm. on. Um, it says, though you're a person of few words, ha, the words you do speak are powerful. Actually, ha. You take your job seriously, yes. Mm -hmm. But given the opportunity, you'll come out of your shell and shine. Well, I don't have a shell. I'm a friggin' turtle. I mean, also, you're kind of a turtle. Come <laughs> back out of your shell, little turtle. I have. Not, I was trying to think of something to respond to for that. Instead, I just left a lot of dead air for someone to edit. Um, <laughs> Leave it in. Like we need this improv is not working. That was not. I, what am I supposed to do with? I'm a turtle. <laughs> I don't know, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I guess if we hang a lantern on, that's kind of like a joke. That's like half the jokes in these recent Disney movies. Speaking of recent Disney movies, today the first movie we're talking about is Frozen. I don't need to intro it. 
Because everybody and their freaking mother has seen this. Mostly their mothers, actually, has seen this movie. You know what it is. You know if you like it or not already. You're listening to this podcast to validate your opinions. You should really have more self-esteem. It came out in 2013. Derek! Yes? Tell us your impressions, initial impressions upon rewatching. Disney, Pixar, Marvel's, Lucasfilm's, Frozen. Hmm. That's one heck of a crossover. Alright, well... Um... Well, the first time I saw it, it was... I did see this one in theaters. This is when I started going to Disney movies and theaters again. I really... I this. Except yeah. you saw last week's in theaters. Did I? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, it with us. Oh, yeah. That was there. Well, yeah. it's still... Same relative time frame, but nonetheless, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I was a little caught off guard with how popular it got, but yeah, I mean, there was stuff that it did, because there's a lot of Disney movies that will go and sort of play around with the classic Disney tropes, and this one did that as well, and I kind of appreciated that and enjoyed it. Uh, rewatching it after many years of people talking about how this isn't a good movie, I still like it. A lot, but I am able to better separate the parts that I really like versus the parts that I either don't care about or actively dislike. Question is, have you understood why people don't like it? Because if you haven't, don't worry, because there's two people here that are going to uh. like over the next half hour. <laughs> oh, mercifully of short. Of these two people, James. I watched this movie once. Uh, with a friend who lived in Scandinavia for a couple years and thought that it was a great movie. I wasn't super impressed then. I'm even less impressed now after watching all the other Disney canon, which I know is, you know, I should be killed for my bad opinions, but too bad. There it is. No, you should be killed for other things. Well, Thanks, you're Nathan. a serial killer. But other than that, you know, you just keep your secret. Your murder's a secret. Anyway, speaking of murders um, and how I want to kill Olaf, uh, <laughs> I saw this movie at the behest of my niece, who I was living. With. I was living with my in-laws at the time. My niece was there, and they were uh, they're kind of Disney fanatics, which is fine. And they uh, were to say they were into this movie would be an understatement because they were totally insane over this movie and quoting it constantly and so they made me watch it when it came out on video i did not watch it in the theater i had a back-to-back of this and uh tangled on one sunday i remember watching this movie having not really seen any disney movies i would be like you know this, is, this was fine I like the songs um and then i watched tangled and i was like this movie seems considerably better am i just confused so it was nice to actually rewatch these movies kind of back to back to see if that original thought was correct or if I was just, you know, annoyed at Frozen, which mm-hmm. I feel like I gave it a fair shake the first time. I wasn't annoyed by the movie except Olaf. Um, rewatching it, I was expecting to actually like the movie more because I have appreciation for the songwriter now that I felt like I didn't have before. Um, because I really like the Book of Mormon musical, and he wrote that too. <laughs> and rewatching it, I think I liked it a lot less. It, I can understand why people gravitate towards this movie, yeah. but I do not 
find much in this movie that makes me want to re-engage with it. It feel it's one of those movies that feels like it had a lot of potential and it kind of just squandered it. But you know, it's a fine movie. There probably is something to be said though with having such a huge love of this movie. I think it makes me less inclined to like it. Which usually I'm not like that. Usually I'm like, oh yeah, I'll jump on the bandwagon. I like lots of things that are popular, but this one I just have a really hard time understanding how it's the most obsessive thing ever. Well, I'll take that back. There are things I get why people are addicted to it. I could understand why, because, and we'll get more detail later, but it's a very emotionally manipulative movie. Yeah. For better or for worse. Mm. But, and I really, just for the record, while I sound super opinionated on this podcast, and I probably am super opinionated, I do try very hard to isolate a movie and judge it entirely on its own merit not knowing, not caring about context or, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not this movie was super hype or super popular doesn't really bother me. People can like what they want. People love the Twilight movies and I don't like them, but they could like them, you know, like as an example, Transformers movies make a million dollars, but I don't like them, but that's fine. They can exist. Um, but I mean, no one's, I, I mean, everyone's biased in a certain way, so... I would hope that on this podcast we try and try and you know be as objective as possible to a certain extent, but we're also you know emotionally invested in things we like, which is why the rescuers down under is so high on the list. <laughs> it should not be. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just confessing my sins. I know that I have that tendency with this movie, so just putting it out there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. So, and we know Derek likes it because Derek lived in Europe. So this yeah. is like literally what happened in his youth when winter no, came. No, that was I almost Lord. died. Hunchback. That's me. Why would you say that? <laughs> okay. You said it first. That's almost as bad as introing that podcast saying Derek is Quasimodo. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frozen is a movie, and we watched it. Yes, we did. Derek. Oh, gosh. You are definitely the one that likes this movie more than anyone else on this podcast. Yes. So, and that's fine. Everyone's allowed to, to like what they want. <laughs> I did not mean that in a condescending way. I'm, I'm honest. I mean that. So I'm that's just curious. Like, what things, what, okay, whatever. <laughs> what things about this do you, you said there was per- certain things that you really liked. I'm curious just as to what those are in brief. Yeah. Um, well, the setting for one, I really like. Um, I just, you know, Scandinavia in general, Northern Europe, that area, I have sort of a, vested interest in so i liked that um metal music that too which didn't feature in this movie it's such a waste yeah speaking of music when i first actually heard the opening brother bear confused me because when i first heard the opening of frozen i was like that's not scandinavian music that's like other places music turns out i was wrong it is scandinavian it's just brother bear you like scandinavia you just don't know what their music sounds like apparently um, yeah, not until this, but yeah, um, honestly, the main thing that I like about this movie is everything involving Elsa, like her entire storyline. I really enjoy that. I'm a big fan of like a story about a person who has something that they feel about themselves. They feel they can't share with anyone for whatever reason, for like, for example, growing up in being She's a, a lesbian. Kid. Got it. 
in my interpretation, having grown up as a nerdy kid who couldn't tell people about a lot of the stuff that he enjoyed, um, I kind of relate. Yeah, I kind of Ooh. related to that sort of idea. And what I like about the movie is that it can really apply to a lot of different. Um, you know, it applies to everyone that feels they have something they can't share with people and that they're, you know, afraid about. Um, I so you like Elsa? I yeah. see. There's common ground. I yeah. think Elsa's arc is the most interesting thing in the entire movie. Yeah, and I also I like the Ice Queen archetype a lot. It's a lot of fun. They I liked it when it was called the Chronicles of Narnia: colon, Blind, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, I like the White Witch a lot better than Elsa. Well. She has she has toffee or whatever. What is it? English Turkish, Turkish delight. Turkish delight. Yeah. Mm. English delight. Elsa had some Turkish delight when those soldiers came. Probably just worked out. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I mean those are the, those are kind of the main things that I really like about it. I Is like Olaf, your favorite character. He's not, but I don't mind him. Like I thought I was. I, yeah, look, I went into this movie thinking I was going to despise Olaf, but what he actually ended up being, I was actually okay with. I kind of had the opposite reaction to Olaf. Oh, yeah. We're not in bad yet. Okay, well, we'll talk about him later then. say that, though, never talk. Say it. Nope, I'll save it for later. Darn it, I ruined everything. Yeah, You are a terrible person. I'm the worst host, I just shut my people down. I actually have an idea for what they should have done with Olaf, but we can get into that a little bit later. No, we're not writing fan fiction this episode. I just edited a podcast that was 80% fan fiction. I'm (laughs) not freaking doing it. Aw, but it's a good idea. Let me tell you how they should have written Elsa. (laughs) (laughs) Hey! He no, um, he edited your fan fiction. Now you get to edit his. Yeah, mm. let me tell you about Nathan's crossover with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Snowpiercer starring about a, <laughs> an R-rated movie starring a train. Anyway, um, and Captain America with a beard. Not relevant. Um, since Ron, I like uh, Elsa too. Um, I'm actually really disappointed that they didn't like dig into her emotional. Ed- progression as much because that to me was like the most interesting part of the movie was hmm. like you said that she she felt shamed by something that was just naturally part of who she was and instead of like and they try to like emotionally manipulate her to make her control that which is like a really terrible thing to do to a child <laughs> and like repress her and lock her all up and then she thinks she's just this horrible monster and then she feels liberated for the first time in her life and then relapses when her sister comes and reminds her that there's still the rest of the world out there. Also, if she was supposed to just live in her ice castle by herself, what was she going to freaking eat? Elsa. She didn't really Snow think comes. that. <laughs> Snow comes. She, she didn't think this freaking plan through. But then it just kind of turns into a daughter bromance story, which doesn't really... Sister. Sister story. Well, the, for sister, it doesn't work with bromance. Why do you think it's bromance? Because I, I like that word. Oh. Cis, cismance? That doesn't work. But anyway. Um, How about I, just love between sisters? You know, that's friend, the thing. I, can you, like, take sister and friendship and make something out of it? Like, friend, sis, uh, F it. Uh, just cut all this out. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It stays. 
Uh, whatever. But it just feels like the movie lost its direction a little bit, which I know is a negative, but I do wish I, I did like Elsa. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of negatives in your positive there. There's also a lot of songs I really like. I think that the, mm-hmm. I, I wish I should look up this dude's name. I think whoever writes the music, who I can't believe I forgot his name, he is very good at making mm. really catchy music. And he's really good at writing lyrics that are like halfway between clever and then just like memorable in like mm-hmm. gene- the genericness, which yeah. is absolutely perfect for Broadway. Um, and yeah. so it works in this movie because of that to a certain extent. Um, I know let it go uses the exact same four chord progressions as every other freaking song in that genre. I still think it's a fine song. Yeah. Um, it's actually like the high point of the movie is that scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because it makes you, cause it's again, it's Elsa. It's, she's the most interesting character in the freaking Movie. Yeah, and it's just a gorgeously animated scene. I think the film looks really good. Yeah. Um, to go back to the music really quick, yeah, I think that is the ultimate redeeming thing of this movie is the songs. It feels like you're watching a Broadway musical, and it's really their songs are excellent. They're memorable. They're enjoyable. There's a reason why "Let It Go" is sung by every little girl under the age of 15. Yeah. And do you want to build a snowman? Is a good like character song that works mm-hmm. well. It progresses yeah. the story. I can't say the same for Olaf's freaking stupid, terrible song that really feels like it's a Broadway musical song because it's just like in the middle of nowhere. But it still works as like a Broadway song, right? As a Broadway, it's clever and funny. It has good jokes in it. It just doesn't work in a movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all, all the songs. open doors really good. Yeah. What other songs are in this movie? There's the Ice song, which I make fun of all the time. The Troll song is super problematic to me in its content, but as a song, it's fantastic. It's catchy. I hate the song, but (laughs) it's, it's, oh, I can't admit that it's not well written. Like, it's, it's a well written song. Every song in this movie is fantastic. The production value is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I hear a lot of people complaining about, how they're sick and tired of Let It Go, and yeah, it's a bit overplayed, but I still really, really, really like that song. It turns yeah. out if, if you take that song and have, like, a growly death metal band sing it, the yeah. context completely changes, because it's about, like, giving in to Satan, and it's, like, really awesome. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a version of this on YouTube, you should go listen, I don't remember who wrote it, but it's, like, the funniest thing ever. This is why there's that PG-13 warning at the beginning of this episode, isn't it? Yeah, get your children, because I'm now te- teaching them to listen to satanic metal music, <laughs> oh, using the lyrics of their family-friendly children's movie. Well, I'm so sorry. Not really. It is set in fake Norway, so there you go. Um, I like the idea of a story that's more sister-focused. Yeah. That was yeah. A it's kind of a weird parallel like brother bear which is a brother focused story right kind of mm-hmm. well one of them is a lot better well they're both kind of just okay but one of them definitely has better songs yeah. um one has much better songs right and and i did like the the twist at the end involving the true love being between the sisters versus some dude yeah i know everyone off is all freaking won't shut up about it but it 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 was a cute twist. Yeah. And but, then they did it again in Maleficent and ruined it like the yeah. same year. No, but, but, you know, this did it first, so. Yeah. What I, about that moment, what I really like about it is not only is it a twist on the uh, Disney trope, but it actually twists it in a way that makes it more meaningful. Like, for example, uh, you know, 
a kiss of true love to wake up the sleeping princess, it doesn't involve the princess doing anything, even though she's the one that is afflicted by a curse. Meanwhile, for Anna, the way to... The thing that um, cured her of her curse was something that she had to do, and because it had to be an act by her, it became more meaningful. Yeah, it's just like the Disney classic Snow Dogs. <laughs> You're stretching there, buddy. <laughs> there is snow in that movie, and there's snow in Frozen, so check it out. Is there a dog in this one somewhere? Uh, well, the reindeer acts like one. True. So. That We're not negatives yet. <laughs> there is... Anna is, despite what we will probably say about her in the negatives, um, she was at least fairly proactive, which you don't usually yeah. get for, like, female Disney protagonists, right? They usually they usually just acted upon, even, like, Pocahontas was, mm. you know? Mulan being the exception and, and a few others. But I, I felt like she, even if she drove me crazy, she at least was, like, trying, which is more than a lot of characters in these types yep. of movies do. Yeah, I mean... I'll have some things to say about her in the negative section, because there's this stuff about her that has always kind of bugged me, and they're the main, they're kind of the main things, negatives that I have towards this movie. Okay. Thanks I mean, for that teaser. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, wait, I have a question. <laughs> Coming soon, because you better not miss the second quarter of this podcast when we get to the negatives of Frozen, which will happen sooner than you think. Um, I thought this movie looked good. Yeah. It still has that, the like the eyes are too big. Like well, that's just frozen. the style. No, yeah, because like Tangled had like only Rapunzel had really big eyes, and this one everyone has really big eyes. And then in Big Hero Six, like tone the eye level down. That I find a good like the the good central eye zone of the size to make them Bambi, but not like horrific alien monsters. <laughs> and this one is unfortunately for me in the middle of horrific alien monsters. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes. I mean, it makes evolutionary sense. They are living in the north, where okay, they stop. do get a lot less no, sunlight. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> no. stop! Stop! right now! What? Stop! That's that's garbage. Oh come Are on! Evolution is a liberal myth. Now, moving on. Oh gosh! Okay, that's garbage too. What on okay. earth? That did that joke offend your family or something? Yeesh. Yeah. I am not a monkey. I am a gorilla. <laughs> I am specifically Rosie O'Donnell trapped in a girl's body. <laughs> I think you're Derek as Rosie O'Donnell. Tra- trapped in a gorilla's body as Kristoff. Speaking oh, of Kristoff, I am confused. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right, moving on. I'm, I mean. Okay, does anyone want to just gush about the stupid. Hans is actually a bad guy, switcheroo, um, and like the whole beating the joke into the ground about you can't just fall in love with someone the first time you meet because that's a trope for all the Disney movies, but like the last like decade of movies we've watched that hasn't really happened. Yeah. That's my problem with this. Well, are we getting in negatives? No. No, I'm just seeing if anyone thinks wants to defend that being a I mean, clever idea. I like the idea, but at the same time, it didn't need to be overemphasized as much as it was. It felt a bit more like, hey, look at how clever we are. We're more advanced than those ancient D- other Disney movies. But, it was just a throwaway, like, one-time joke. Yeah. But, like, the fact that they beat it over the head constantly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, not, as, not as good. 
Yeah. Um, as far as that about Frozen, that's good because freaking little girls love this movie. Yeah, because it's a musical, and because the Broadway aspect of it is super compelling and addictive. Yeah, it's super that's why people go watch Broadway. That's why people like Broadway musicals made as movies. I mean, I have my guilty favorites too. Name one. Hello, Dolly. I've never seen it. Is it good? Wasn't that the one that killed the musical movie genre for many years? (laughs) Yes, it is. I can be snarky, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I have a backhanded compliment. Uh Uh-oh. You always have backhanded compliments. This movie is, like, perfectly crafted to hit that, like, tween girl demo and their parents. It's, like, perfectly crafted, or their mother in particular. It's perfectly crafted to hit that demographic. It hits all the emotionally manipulative points to make this movie be just, like, a bawling success for those mm. two demos. Especially for sisters. You yeah. know? Mm. Let's have the sisters sing at each other from the doors, and they have all this, like, angst, and then they come together, and it's their true love. It's perfect for that. You talk about chocolate, even though it wouldn't exist in that time period, because then the mom can get used to it because she's stress-eating, because her kids are driving her crazy, because they just want to watch Frozen 40 times a day, but at least she thinks about chocolate twice during the movie. So, you know, like, it works out for everybody. Derek, I feel like you have something to say. <laughs> yeah, Derek, sorry. I cut you off to go yeah. on that really stupid tangent. Hmm. Um, I'd just like to say that no movie should be held accountable for the people that enjoy it. I right. said that before. We're not holding it accountable by that. That, that yeah. was a positive, Derek. That was a positive. They have a really good, like, marketing, <laughs> market research team. There are elements of this movie that I enjoy. Yeah. But there is, it is a stated fact that this movie is very successful in a particular demographic because it was designed to be successful mm. in a particular demographic. And not, exactly. maybe not the entire movie. Like, I'm sure that there was a creative team that worked on parts of it, but there was, like, every line about chocolate was put in there to hit a demo. Mm. I actually right? hated every bit mention of chocolate. Yeah. So, so there are parts of this movie that are specifically designed manufactured if you would Mm. and this is honestly like this era of disney is where it starts to feel not just this movie but this is a good example because how successful it is this is where it starts to feel like these films are manufactured as safe bets to make their money back like you know to me tangled was the last tangled even was a bit but it was kind of the last one that at least kind of felt a little risky because wreck it ralph very clearly was designed because kids love video games right like yes and that movie was made to sell Wreck-It Ralph toys. Like, there was probably a creative element to it, but it was still, you know, it was designed to hit target demographics. This one is just the reverse of Wreck-It Ralph, which was made to, you know, Wreck-It Ralph was made to hit young boys to play video games. This was meant to hit mm-hmm. young girls that have sisters and <laughs> like better songs and technically better movies because this movie is better than Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Big Hero 6, which we'll talk about next, was hit, meant to hit younger Marvel fans that their parents maybe wouldn't take them to see Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy 2 because yeah. has too many dick jokes. Well, and you gotta uh, go back and forth between those two markets. You know, you have the boy movie, then you have the girl movie. Even though they're hoping that the parents are going to take everybody to both, right. they are switching back and forth now at Disney. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I can still see that and still find enjoyment in them, but ultimately... That's why I still prefer the 2D animation movies, mostly oh, because... Oh, we're never going to get over that, are we? <laughs> oh, no, no. But look, I, I do have a point with it. 
The main thing is that with those, it takes so much more effort to make them that it, I don't know. It's like, I'm not. It's not the effort, it's the budget. Well, yeah. It costs too much. The budget and effort. Return on it. Well, no, but you're, what I'm saying is, is it takes more to make one of those that it just kind of feels more, I don't know, like feels more authentic in a way. Well, there's definitely an element of because of they're going to invest all this work like via animators or what have you in this project. Like mm. they try harder exceptions being stuff like Home on the Range mm. that which I didn't actually cost much to make anyway. But they try harder to like it feels more mm. like there was passion behind it because yeah. of all the money that had to go into it. Like I can think the Princess mm. and the Frog is like just kind of OK, but I can tell that people that made the movie like there is still an element of that Disney marketing, mm-hmm. but it feels less than Frozen to me because it feels like there was genuine creator drive in well, these older that was. Films. They, yeah, that was their movie. They really wanted to do after Treasure Planet, you know, like yeah. yeah. I think and that's kind of think what saved Treasure Planet for me, right? Is that movie? As I d- d- misgivings aside, that movie felt like it had a lot of heart. Like it was clearly yeah. a passion project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing because the thing I always hear about, like you know, CG animated movies. Is anytime they talk about the creative process, they always talk about, and then we had to build this program that handles the snow or that handles Merida's hair. And so it's always about the program and not the actual act of animating, which I'm never going to not have a problem with. But even that aside, I can still enjoy, you know, the movies. I mean, that's kind of the weird, that's kind of the thing is that all my good stuff is focused around Elsa's storyline, and so it's like, you know, what else is there to say? It's a really good storyline. It should have been the focus of the movie. You know, Derek, I totally understand that, because when looking at Meet the Robinsons, Mm -hmm. the storyline of the kid, you know, being adopted by this family that he meets in the future, I totally get wrapped up in that, and Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, we're gonna move into the negatives of Frozen. Now that we've discussed what we liked. So I'm just going to give a broad-reaching one because there are a lot of nitpicky details of this thing that I'm sure that we will all agree on. We had a big discussion about the nobles and how they make no sense in oh, this gosh. story. Um, <laughs> oh, I think yeah. I think my biggest problem with the film, besides Olaf, which I mean he's not like the worst ever, but mm. he just feels completely out of place in the movie. Is mm. why it bothers me, but. I'm getting distracted. On a wide-reaching spectrum, this story just feels completely skin deep. There is there is no meat to this story. And the little meat that is there, which I felt was Elsa's character arc, is unfortunately kind of backseated to Anna and Kristoff and Hans because they have way more screen time than she does. Yeah. Which makes me sad, and I said I want to be prescriptive, because I felt like if this movie were centered around Elsa, it would have been a much better movie. Yeah. The problem, though, is how do you save Elsa, or, well, I guess, I don't even know how you save Elsa, then, without yeah. focusing on Anna and building up Anna being cursed. <sighs> I feel... Well, I mean, well, first you could cut the troll songs, that's another five minutes that you could spend with Elsa. Yeah. Okay, well, that reminds me, the pacing in this movie, to me, is totally off. I feel like it's really front-loaded with songs, and there's this huge chunk where there's no songs, hmm. and then the troll songs comes out of nowhere, and it's problematic oh. and catchy. Actually, yeah. And then there are new songs at the end. There's like four songs at the beginning. 
Yeah. So it's like, why didn't they spread out? Like, that's one of the reasons I think Tangled is so good to me is that it spreads the songs out in a perfect way. Yeah, it falls a more traditional, like, where the songs are inserted structure to other Disney films rather than this, which feels like a Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. But even so, like, a Broadway musical keeps the momentum going through song. This one just kind of peters off on the songs and then, you know, mm. one off and then we're done. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I think the best way to save this movie would have been if Anna had been a more interesting character. Like, again, a lot of my thoughts are a little too much on the prescriptive side, but I thought it would have been more interesting. Her story would have been more interesting if we'd have actually, if she actually had a personality that reflected the isolation that she'd been through. Because she yeah, that was I think weird. That, yeah. Wasn't her coping me- mechanism to the isolation being overly happy and engaged? So adorable. Yeah, I mean, so adorable. That's the that's kind of the perfect thing when you when you mentioned in our chat, Nathan, that she is adorable. That kind of made me. That's the perfect description because it's like she's an adorable social butterfly. Basically, she wants to meet people. She's surprisingly good at meeting people, even if she is a little awkward. But she, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's how someone that's been isolated against their will would behave and i kind of feel like her dealing with that forced isolation in a realistic way would have made for a more interesting story to go alongside elsa's dealing with you know what she deals with in the movie i i feel that they made her that way i understand why they did her that way yeah um i mean both of these female characters represent what young girls feel they feel either that they're shut up or they like shut up and isolated and you know repressed or they feel like they really want to be this outgoing friend to everyone type person so you have you have these two mm-hmm. characters that are easy that anyone either anyone in this age demographic can recognize with. but that's not what i was going for the point was that anna is meant to play foil to elsa because elsa is this quiet sullen repressed individual and elsa is this happy go lucky overly enthusiastic adorable character the problem is they don't play off each other at all mm. because they're just well, they don't always spend enough friends. time together. Right. And we're told that they're always friends. And like the biggest thing to me that bothered me was like, so they erased all her memories of snow and they were like best friends up until they were like, I don't know, like eight or whatever age they're supposed to be. Yeah. 10 maybe. And then Elsa shut Anna out of her life intentionally for like another 10 years of actual deve- like, people when they actually develop into the people they're supposed to be like they would not be friends anymore yeah like there would be a big rift between them that they'd have to mend which the ending of the movie Mm -hmm. would facilitate that type of development but it there is no rift they're joking and talking about chocolate like the second elsa finally comes out of her room and they're in public together there's no tension between these characters at all it's all manufactured for the sake of plot and that's why it feels so surface mm-hmm. level yeah i would have actually enjoyed that a lot more because it would have made the act of true love that much more meaningful if they actually didn't like each other which i almost kind of feel like maybe if we had have gotten elsa as a villain story might have done that a little better isn't the act isn't that the actual hans christian Anderson snow queen story isn't the yes she's a villain, played well, a villain? Yeah. sort of it's like she's not a good person, but she's a little more ambiguous than that. She's not she's straight the, up the villain. She's the antagonist of the story. Yeah. Right. Well, technically, yes, she's a villain. Yeah, well, 
the real antagonist is the goblin that made the mirror, but that's a whole other podcast. Is Hans the goblin in this version? <laughs> <He> <laughs> he may looks as well like be. a goblin. May yeah, they had well the manufacturer some lame antagonist. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked Hans as the... I, well, okay, I like Hans as the antagonist, but looking at it more critically this time around, I had plenty of moments where I was like, his actions before the reveal don't make sense after the reveal. Like, for example... Why does he st- try to? St- why does he not want the guys to kill Elsa? Why does he stop the one guy from shooting her? I mean, in the end, wouldn't have made any difference whatsoever if she died there as opposed to when he was planning to kill her. Yeah, he could have just pinned it on the guy from Weasel Town or whatever, and then come back. Wesselton. With- <laughs> yeah, whatever. Hmm. Also, him shutting down Anna didn't make a whole lot of sense because, like, he was already going to execute Elsa and ascend yeah. to be the king. So, like, what yeah. does it matter if he married Anna? Yeah. And the whole freaking we said our marriage vows and everyone just buys it. God, that's the dumbest scene in the okay, movie. Okay, yeah, that is my biggest problem because I'm just sitting there and I'm just thinking, none of you have any political authority in this country. Where are the nobility of Arendelle? Like, shouldn't there be people bes- in charge besides the royal family? Also, when people are married under, like, a royal lineage, that stuff has to be validated by certain people. Like, there's a yep. reason the freaking Pope crowned Charlemagne, right? Like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. there's a this, there's a line of us, like, a right of, of I don't want to say ascension, but it kind of is, like, for these people. And I understand it's a children's movie, but, like, do it a way that doesn't make all the adults in the audience want to, like, punch their heads well, I mean, there's a way to do it that makes sense in an adult context That's that isn't distracting that. from the kids' viewing uh, experience, you know? It's like, honestly, my main thing is like, okay, replace all the foreign nobles with nobles of the country. There you go. The- Correct. Is the, they were, the, what, was, what was shut up was just the castle, right? Because trade still happened. Yeah, I think it was just yeah. the castle. Just why the daughters, was, right? Why was Anna locked up? That's actually that made no sense. Yeah, that's actually a question I had. Why didn't she just leave? You know, she was could've. she shut up? I thought she was just trying to get into the. Uh, no, she was in the castle. She's not. She oh, she's saying a whole song. Yeah, she's saying a whole song about getting out. Yeah. Why right. was she locked up when Elsa was the one that had the problematic magic? Yeah. Maybe the whole family locked themselves up because mm. they couldn't handle the embarrassment. The ending of this movie is stupid, too. So, the <laughs> first off, love melting everything is just dumb. I mean, I don't even know if I need to go more into that. Like, well, I'm pretty sure even people that like this movie know it's dumb, right? That's well, dumb. I don't know. I can kind of appreciate it insofar that I, the way I interpret Elsa's powers um, as being sort of symbolic of anxiety. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and in that, I guess what they'd be going for is that, like, love is the key to controlling her powers, ergo love is the key to overcoming anxiety. Maybe that's what they were going for? And she's warm-hearted, her magic reflects it, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, that was what was weird, because, like, the Mm. whole thing was, like, talking about how repressing her emotions was, like, clearly the wrong thing to do, right? Because... But then when she is not in control of her emotions, she actively lashes out and hurts the people she cares about, which mm-hmm. you can use that as a metaphor as you wish. Yeah. But like that's why the resolution felt weird because it's like you understand that your sister loves you, which meant like mm-hmm. you finally let her into your life. 
kind of. And that fixes all of your emotional problems. I guess it kind of works, but yeah. like the, the again, we don't see Elsa enough to understand the predicament of her emotional state and mm. the resolution of that to make that resolution feel like a real solid payoff. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's something that needed more time to explore it. Like maybe and, it wasn't yeah. right for a movie length production. And yeah, well, and, but there is there's like multiple spin-offs and sequels now, and I don't feel like any of those have addressed it either. Well, they not, well, there's I mean, a, I haven't seen the sequel itself, but I've watched the spin-offs and I'm like, eh, there's there's more than one spin-off. Sequ- yeah, Olaf's Disney. Frozen Adventure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't Olaf, with that. Olaf's Barrel Blast. You know, all the classics. <laughs> Olaf's Barrel Blast. Mm. Yeah, and, and again, going back to that notion where if she had actually had a rift between Anna, even if it was a perceived rift that was not actually there, like she was... If she were had been projected as putting her walls up more to Anna instead of just immediately getting along with her after she came out of her bedroom, that mm. could also have been like the metaphorical reflective of that like she is finally realizing that her sister genuinely loves her and that helps her reach an understanding of herself. But mm. you never feel that there's this rift because the only rift is like exists because she has ice magic that was kept hidden and then Anna just immediately forgives her for it anyway. Yeah. It's it's just weird. And my actual big problem at the end is the fact that it is built up through this entire movie that the reason why people are afraid of Anna is because she's a sorceress. Like, because she has mm-hmm. magic. So the magic is why they're pissed at her. But the yeah. minute she uses magic to melt things, all of a sudden they're just cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> the magic doesn't make sense. Because I feel like if somebody else possibly in this world had magic and they had shown them as being bad or whatever, then sure, I would have bought it. But there's no reason why the parents should have had the reaction they had. Yeah, I mean... It doesn't make sense. The thing that I have is, like, the the question that I ask myself is, you know, how justified was their assumption that people would fear her? Because when you watch the movie, there's only really one person that expresses vocal fear. Um, Dwarf. Yeah, that guy. And he's not even from the same country. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yes, there are some of the people that are there that react in fear to what they see, what she does. seems like a natural reaction, right? Yeah, at least initially. Yeah, and so, but, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like maybe the idea is that, no, the people weren't afraid of her magic. They were just like, wait, crazy stuff is happening. What's going on? Someone's shouting about monsters and such, so... I don't know. You know, I think her parents take the second place for worst Disney parents after Fuck. Chicken Little's dad. <laughs> They're pretty rotten. Their solution was like just emotional repressment and like yeah. making blaming everything on her. And see, that's like something the troll kind of hinted at, but they didn't like hammer in. Right. It's like like maybe the problem with this magic is if people are emotionally unstable, this magic will hurt people. Because yeah. it does. Like they could have just said, like if your daughter can't, they kind of say this, but not like explicitly. I know viewers, I freaking watched the movie, but like they could have been very explicit that like this type of magic is dangerous, like for someone that is not emotionally in control. And it could have been like, we don't think she's capable of being emotionally. It's like nearly impossible for someone to control their emotions over this or blah, blah, blah. And then they'd have justifiable reason to believe she's dangerous where it's like, of course, she's going to be emotionally distressed if you freaking lock her up her entire life. How's that going to help? That's the thing. It's it's like they chose the one the, the one way that make this worse 
<laughs> it doesn't make sense why you would choose that. Well, well, this was like the Middle Ages, so they believed that you had to like get humors out of their head by opening it. So I mean, they're is probably... it the Middle Ages though? Is it? Well, Derek, they're... tell us about their swords. <laughs> okay, all right. The, I'm not 100% serious about this, but it does amuse me that they wear 18th century clothing, but they carry 14th century weapons. Also, bare shoulders in this era, not going to happen. Like, every dress is bare shoulders. Yeah. Cover your ankles, women. Not in real life, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, ah. Uh, Do whatever you want in real life. I don't care. But in, in, the, in the context of the movie, it, it does not fit the... Yeah. I don't know why I'm complaining about this. This is a stupid thing to complain it, about. Well, it is something the that... The hairstyles don't match the era. Uh, I don't know about hairstyles. Kristoff wouldn't wear a beanie. Those wouldn't existed yet. And it would be called a toque because he's from Canada. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. Back straight. That is one thing that I kind of feel like the design of the movie, not a lot of thought was put into it. Like, they clearly weren't... a lot weren't... of thought was put into it, but it's a mishmash of, like... Stuff that Every has, Scandinavian era ever. Yeah, stuff that doesn't make sense if you put it all together, but it wouldn't make sense to someone that doesn't care, which I, I mean, happen to care. It, it's <laughs> appealing, I just don't think it makes yeah. sense what's going on. Well, I mean, the funny thing is is that it w- there was an easy fix to it. I mean, if you wanted those, those um, clothes, then, okay, give them sabers, give them flintlock rifles. There you go, problem solved. No guns in Disney movies. You know, that's not going to fly after Great Mouse Detective. Clayton. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and uh, uh, that other movie. <laughs> yes, that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dang it, I can't remember. It was a bad one. It had guns. I'm pretty sure there was... was Home on the Reach? Did Home on the Reach have guns? I, I don't, don't know if they did. I don't recall. You'd the think bad? they'd have guns in that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah if there was any ever one that justified it. The West was won by yodeling, as we established. It's it's true. Can confirm. This, this also starts the era of all animals are just analogous to dogs, regardless of what animal they are. Yep. It is unfortunate. This Olaf is no uh, whatever the horse's name was from Tangled. You mean Sven is no Maximus? Sven. Well, Olaf isn't either, but yes, yeah. Sven was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> no, Maximus was entertaining. Maximus was like an actual character, which was yeah. great. He was fun. Sven is just a giant dog, I guess. A representation of Kristoff's psychoses. Yeah, that's he's, well, that's Kristoff. He's kind of insane. So, I mean, so, so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, like, the first time I saw it, I thought, "Oh, that's cute." He does the voice for the reindeer later on. I'm like, "This guy's insane." He is yeah. kind of a nutter. Yeah. Well, so what are you gonna say? Uh, so usually Disney films like language anachronisms don't bother me because I understand like (sighs) why they do it. Like Tangled has lots of this. I'm saying this so I'm not, don't sound like a hypocrite before I say next. Tangled has a lot of this, but it felt tamed down. This movie sounds like an early 2010 movie. Like all the characters talk like people in the early 2010s and it Mm. is really off-putting for me. Anna is the by far the worst offender yeah. in using modern lingo constantly. Kristoff's pretty big. Uh, what's yeah. it called? Offender. Offender. I was gonna say pretender, and I'm like, that's wrong. I yeah. don't know. He's also a pretty big pretender because he pretends yeah. he's a moose. Was it? Yes. <laughs> was it the part where he talks about? Oh, I just paid it off. Yeah, and that was sled. stupid. There's that. Yeah. There's multiple. Yeah, I think. 
Yeah, that that's always kind of bugged me about Anna, where I'm just like, you took a millennial and threw her in the in the early Renaissance whatever period, and it's it's just like it doesn't make sense. Like it just, I don't know. It it did always take me out of the whole thing. Oh, one thing that bugged me about, I don't know why it bugged me so much, but the moment where she like early on when she calls Christoph Christopher, that that joke makes no sense because you. You want to know why? Because yeah, her, I actually do. Yeah, her name is Anna. It is not Anna. She is not an English person. She is not an American person. She is a Scandinavian person who should know how names are pronounced in their country. She should know Christoph over Christopher. Yeah, those are two different names. Yeah, and <laughs> pronounced. I'm not even Scandinavian, Scandinavian, and I know that. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like it's it's a joke. <laughs> That an American would make, not someone from that country. Damn you, America! <laughs> America. To be fair, most of the jokes in this movie are jokes that Americans would make. <laughs> it's almost like it was written by Americans. <laughs> Speaking of jokes, uh-huh. I hate Olaf, and I feel like he is one of the reasons why this movie falls flat for me. Really? See, I don't understand that. I mean, I thought he Everything was going to be terrible, but... Me. Really? Everything about him works me. Every time he talks... Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I just don't like Josh Gad. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, it's true I don't, but I didn't know who that was when I saw this movie the first mm. time. I, I, the joke is he's like overly optimistic, right? Yeah. Like that's the joke, and it's. I think not the joke funny. is he's always pointing out that he can't die, and he's always, you know, oh, I got impaled. Oh, he I lost same, head, and he makes jokes about his butt. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I the mean, kid, the kids love that. This seems juvenile. I mean, Olaf never didn't not really. In a good way. Olaf didn't really bug me, but I'm also not going to defend him. It's that's fair. You know, I mean, one thing that I do think, honestly, I would have liked a lot better after seeing it is he should have melted at the end, like straight up in the scene where he's lighting the fire for Anna. He should have died there. Well, yeah, so- that really wouldn't work because they needed to sell Olaf plushes yeah. and make sequels. I guess that is true. How so- many Bing Bong plushes are there? This is a throwback. To when Nathan first saw the movie, his first critique. Okay. Because I was even a jaded a-hole then, too. So my first <laughs> critique... worse back then, actually. So I was thinking about, like, what does Olaf actually do in this movie? And the only thing he actually does is give Anna a prep talk. A pep talk and light the fire. Right? Like, that's the yeah. only thing he does. Do and I was he actually was in the original script? I don't. And this is mm-hmm. why. Yeah. Because that... A, because there are a bunch of scenes that cut to him making a joke completely out of context and then cut back in the movie. That mm. makes me feel like they added the scenes later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but more importantly, the only scene where he has value, which is the honest scene, I was like thinking, like, how much more powerful would the scene be if she realizes her sister's in prison and gets up herself and lights the fire? Because she hadn't actually given up hope and then Olaf showed up. She was just in pain. Right? Like, because Anna is always optimistic to the entire thing and, like, blames herself for everything, which gets mm-hmm. old really fast. But, like, it was in the nature of her character to pick herself, pull herself up by her bootstraps and realize that even if she died, she needed to protect her sister. She did not need the Olaf talk. Yeah. And it would have made her a better character for it. I don't want to mm-hmm. prescribe to this movie, but, like, it seems like that was just shoved in because Olaf needed something to do in the grand scheme of the film because he did, you know, nothing. Yeah, I actually kind of like that version better than the version I thought of, but I don't know. If not that... Well, they're melting and dying. Yeah, I mean, okay, look, it's like... I kind of like your version too, though. Yeah, well, because here's the thing, you know, because in the... This is never going to fly. 
Well, in The Princess and the Frog, like, you know, the most memorable thing about Ray is the fact that he gets killed and he stays dead. So if they'd have done something similar with Olaf, it could have Did you see worked. how hideous Ray was? Ain't nobody buying a Ray plushie. No, Ray's, yeah. Ray's like the most nasty thing well, <laughs> that we've watched. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, Olaf, I think, was more annoying than Ray, which is saying something. I'm not going to argue against that. Like, I don't know, because I also think of, um, you know, Inside Out with Bing Bong. Like, that's he's a great character. He had potential to be annoying, but part of what really salvages that character is the end of his story, which, I like, spoilers, I guess, I'm not going to say anything more, but it's just like, but sometimes you can save a character through their sacrifice at the end. Bing Bong was also important had context in the story. story. Well, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And they like, try to make you, Olaf have context in the story by I didn't realize this. Sorry, James, but he is so, mentioned at the beginning when they do that when they're yeah. making Isis children. Yeah. But anyway, James, sorry, keep going. Oh, I was just gonna say, Bing Bong, you take him out of the story and you're missing a lot of beats and plot points. Oh yeah, no. You know, you're missing sadness, being sad with Bing Bong, and Joy realizing you can't just be happy through everything. Sometimes you have to be sad. You take him out and you don't have the rocket that gets her out of there. He yeah. his sacrifice gets her out of there. Olaf, his, he doesn't sacrifice anything. He doesn't do anything. If you took him out of the story, it wouldn't have changed the story. Yeah, it does feel like if you were going to go for the sacrifice this character at the end of the movie, that his entire part would have needed to have been rewritten to be more impactful. Yeah, I, yeah. He mm. even the worst Disney sidekicks, I feel, have story involvement. Like the worst ones are like Mushu, right? Yeah. They like feel like they'd pull away from the story. But even Mushu. Had an arc that mirrored Pocahontas. <laughs> wow. What movie did you see? <laughs> so she many looks, movies. Sorry. Her arc kind of mirrors Mulan, and he fits in the story of the ancestors. Like, he fits, he exists yeah. in context, right? Hmm. Olaf does not. Like, Olaf just really doesn't. And yeah. bother you or no, he, he's really out of place in this movie. And it's it's just a, the shining example, I guess, of... Disney just not caring anymore that they fully are admitting that they just put dumb sidekicks in because they help sell the movie better. Like, yeah. I mean, the best I've like been able to... a lot of things about this movie, though. Mm. You know, they're just, well, we're just going to go full tilt. Oh, you know, we don't have people fall in love in days anymore. Well, you know what? Anna and Kristoff fell in love in less than a day, too. Boom. Yeah, actually, that's valid. Like, that's valid that point. makes me so angry. Like, Oh, you know, it doesn't make sense that she want to get married to him. For sure it doesn't make sense. But it also doesn't make sense that she wants to be around this guy who has hygiene problems. <sighs> creepy relatives that are like, you should marry him after knowing him a day instead of the other dude you've known for a day. That really bothered me, especially since Kristoff immediately assumed that he was going to be the new true love's kiss. When they, I, they felt like mutually like platonic. Yeah. But in a good way. Like, it felt like they were friends, but, like, it hadn't moved beyond that. Because the whole time Anna was still in love with the other guy. She wasn't yeah. just going to, like, switch gears. Like, and she doesn't. But yeah. then she kind of does, right? If if he has uh, unrequited feelings for her, I totally understand that. And mm. that's a great way to start the sequels and the spinoffs. I'm, I'm all for that. But it, it doesn't make sense to me that Anna would reciprocate. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the first time I saw the movie, I thought that Kristoff was going to be Elsa's love interest, because the thing that brings him into their story is noticing the ice and following them because of it, and then his entire passion is for ice, 
So I, when he gets, when they get to her castle and he's just amazed at the eyes, I was kind of thinking, okay, well, this will be the connection that they have. I that, completely forgot about that scene and I really actually thought it was a good, like, that was like a joke with payoff. I yeah. thought that was actually kind of funny that he was just like super more into the ice castle than like <laughs> the fact that a snow witch lived there. Like, yeah. I thought that was kind of entertaining. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, hmm, trying to think what the, else. The trolls, the trolls did not seem ah, to yes. be important to they, the story either. Like, no. you did need them at the beginning. They're exposition trolls. But yeah, like. Somebody had to take away the memory to make this story start. Yeah. But it could have been a sorcerer that everyone's scared of, or sorceress, you know, either way. Yeah. Somebody that everyone's scared of, and then you start off that, oh, we're really scared to take this child to the witch, and that's why we don't like witches, blah, blah, blah. But the trolls, it's like, okay, they have magic, and apparently people just go right over to their place all the time. Why can't Elsa have mm. magic? And apparently Kristoff left his family that he scooped ice with to go live with trolls? Yeah. Was he an orphan or something? I think that was the idea, because at one point he does say it was just him and Sven. So I kind of feel like... if yeah, the I think he was an orphan. Yeah, because I kind of feel like if the trolls ha- should would have had a more impactful part in the story, would have been if we'd examined Kristoff's you know, backstory a little more, like his living with them and what it meant to him. Like, you know, being yeah, an orphan and finding a family. What was the the reason that he lived with the trolls, the reason why he talks to his reindeer? The reason why this was trolls is so that in the at the end of the second act we can take Anna to the trolls that were established as knowing about ice magic to continue the plot. That is literally the only reason. Don't look any deeper into it. I'm trying to make it work and it's not working. Because it's a movie about family, <laughs> but they don't do anything about his family. So, yeah. like, obviously it was a throwaway or else they would have actually done something with it. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, that's the kind of the first thing that I thought was that, okay, the movie is about family love. Would it, wouldn't it have made more sense to have the trolls play into that storyline? Well, they had a whole song about wanting him to marry somebody. That's- I guess that's what family does, right? Uh, James, tell us why you hate this song. I want to know. Oh, there's some problems with that song. Oh, with that song? Okay, why would you tell someone... I, I don't understand this. People do this in real life, too. And, I, and if you're listening and this is what you do, please stop. Why would you tell someone that your family member is interested in all of the bad things that they do? And then be like, it's totally great. That's why you're going to love them. Like, <laughs> That is a huge problem. And then also the whole, like, she's engaged to somebody else. Let's convince you to break off that engagement and get engaged to him. That's not going to go well, guys. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, My big problem was the bit where one of them sings about how people don't really change. And I'm just like, well, if that's true, we have a huge problem in the world. Well, people don't really change, though. Yeah, they do. This, this movie changes. <laughs> their underwear. You never see it. They never change their clothes. This is They're true. They're the same yeah. undies the whole movie. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Elsa had a choice. because I guess Elsa changed her clothes. Magic. Yeah. She has ice underwear now. Er. <laughs> yeah, that, um, yeah. That's, a, that's a million dollar idea right there. <laughs> <laughs> New Disney line. <laughs> Victoria's Secret presents... <laughs> The frozen line. 
Ah, uh, so many R-rated jokes to make from this. Anyway, we haven't even uh, touched on the yellow snow joke that's in the movie. Yeah, hilarious. Um, yep, not funny. Not funny. Yeah, it's so this movie was a bummer for me after Tangled. Hmm. It was a bummer. It I, has a lot of good things that I I I I do feel the songs are better than Tangled. Yeah, I feel like Tangled could have benefited from some of the things in this movie. That I mean, it looks better. I think. Well, yeah. it looks comparable. Well. I think, the I think they look a little bit different to me because mm. I feel like Tangled had that more lush painting look and Frozen has a more stark look. I think it depends on what kind of animation you prefer. Well, it has some good ice effects I like in the movie. They have amazing yeah. ice effects. Yeah, the snow is, ama- is amazing. It's like the way they use snow is the one thing that that kind of holds me back from saying this movie would 100% be better in 2D animation because they it I, yeah they can't do that in 2d at least yeah again well. like movies like this you couldn't do it in 2d i mean yeah. they had this in production for how long that i think it was like even walt disney was trying to make a snow queen movie back in the day oh yeah, yeah. but like this movie w- would have been completely different 2d there's no way they could have done the things they did yeah well Cut this part out but derek i sent a video to the chat that explains why people use Mm. 3d over 2d yeah. yeah i watched that a couple of weeks ago it's I really did, good yeah i did watch it and i thought it was fascinating but at the same time i'm also just like yeah the bit about how it's easier to animate it once you make the models i don't know i'm just like well that's part of why i like 2d so much because it takes a lot of effort that's why we can't have 2d anymore because mm. it wasn't making enough money yeah, for the executives for to like effort. it's worth it. Yeah, that's why there's never gonna be another Blade Runner movie. Thanks, America. <laughs> maybe another thirty years. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can all have things that we're salty about, but oh well. I don't know. It's let's see, like salted hmm. potatoes. That would be good right now. I'm a little hungry. Boot. Okay. Do you have something else to say? Or can we go to final thoughts? I'm trying to think. I'm just looking at my notes. Was there anything else? Wait, you take notes? I did for this one. Oh, okay. That's good. I, there was a lot of hype over this episode. I was like, I need to be prepared. I take a couple of notes sometimes if it's like something that is really important. I take yeah, notes some... on dinosaur. That's the only I could remember it though. It's like, it's yeah. like, it's like those things in Doctor Who that like once you stop looking at them, you forget they exist. That's dinosaur. <laughs> yep, exactly. What that's are we why talking I had to about? Take notes on it. <laughs> Spoiler: There's things in Doctor Who that means it's from a bad season. You'll be fine. Yeah, um, I remember that season. No, you uh, don't, because you looked away. What? <laughs> but what are all these X's on my body? Oh, that's, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's honestly everything that I have. Um, I mean, I think I've touched on all the negatives. So, final thoughts. I'm going to let James rate this movie first. Ooh, That's a dangerous move, sir. Yeah. Be is. careful. Our friendship don't, don't depends listen to on him. this. He doesn't live in the same state as you. You can you could give it one star if you wanted. I would I I, I would like not... it better than Oliver and Company. Oh, thank you. That's high praise. <laughs> on this podcast it's high praise. It's I become like high praise. Ralph. Um, I felt like it was about this on par for Wreck It hmm. Ralph for me. I'm probably gonna rate it a two. Huh. And it's getting two stars for the songs. I yeah, I don't feel like it did anything for me, but I do understand why people like it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Derek. 
Yeah, see, it's like, I don't know, it's it's so weird. It's like, can we ever understand each other, truly? Because, I mean, we've gone yes. through all the negatives, and I still don't get why that would be so low. But at the same time, despite a lot of the foreshadowing of Derek's favorite movie and all that, I'm going to give this one a four. Like, the stuff that I really like, the songs and Elsa's story, are good enough that I can kind of phase the stuff that annoys me out of my mind and just enjoy the parts that are really well done. Derek, I like the Star Wars prequels, so I understand. <laughs> hmm. I'm finally seeing what people who like the Star Wars prequel, how they, how they think. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? I'm understanding. Just ignore I... all the bad stuff. If you yeah, ignore all the bad... I have bad news. Most of Frozen is not Elsa. Yep. Why do so, you think I rewrite this story in my head? So most of the movie you're ignoring. So that's how we can see on common ground. Because I can't ignore half of the movie. Yeah. I watch a movie because I want... Okay. Let me tell the pe- the folks at home. Here's why Nathan... I watch movies for two reasons. I, like to, I watch movies because I like to have an emotional reaction. Which is why I watch a lot of horror. And I watch movies that I can think about and deconstruct their story or their themes or something. When a story I feel has deeper meaning, I enjoy it. Which is why there are parts of the Star Wars prequels that I actually like, as I was telling James actually before this podcast, because there are world-building elements in those films that I think are really interesting, even if the movies I think are complete and utter train wrecks. So, (laughs) that being said, my biggest beef with Frozen is it still feels superficial Hmm. and it really hurts me that elsa's story which could have been a great story about you know how dangerous oppressing emotions is and like the let it go song ties real well into it i just felt like they didn't execute on it as well as it could have and it could have been something really really good and it doesn't really matter that it wasn't because it made a million dollars but it just kind of fell flat for me but I still really, really like the Let It Go scene a lot. So mm. I'm, uh, I was stuck between two and three. I'm trying to think of what else I gave two and what else I gave three, so I don't sound like a huge jerk. <laughs> what did you give? Uh, Oliver I know and at this company? point I don't even remember. I think There's I gave Oliver and Company a two. Yeah, I gave Rick Ralph a two. I think I gave both a three though. And I think I like Bolt more, which is the weirdest thing I've huh. said in this entire podcast. I mean, well, Bolt Bolt engaged me in a way that hmm. this this movie parts of this movie did not. Yeah. Before seeing that movie, I would have thought you were crazy, but now I'm like, eh, no, I can see it. Yeah. I like the hamster. I love <laughs> Rhino more than Olaf. <laughs> I'll give it that. Rhino, yeah. yes. So I think I have Hercules a three. Yeah, you did. Huh. I think I'm with James. I think I have to give this a a, a, a two that was almost a three. Mm. I mean, if you've seen, you everyone's seen this movie. I can't even say like if you have a g- young girl daughter in your family. Like, of course they're gonna watch it. You can show mm. it to them. There's it's it's not offensive. There's like nothing. This. In, I will say there's nothing in this movie that like makes me angry. Like, <laughs> which is a big plus considering some of the Disney movies we've watched, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aside from the stupid picker upper song, fixer upper, not picker upper. Well, that's what they were trying. (laughs) Yeah, they were trying the the hooker upper. Seriously, I would totally listen to that song, the picker upper. (laughs) They have a picker upper. She goes on the side of the road and picks up trash. She just loves the environment. 
Or maybe it's like a hitchhiker. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that exactly what happens? <laughs> a little That's bit of a true. thicker upper. Da, 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 da. Anyway. God, now it's stuck <laughs> in my head. Thank you. Um, it's you still a recommended. Mm. It's the curse of the star system is no one's happy, but it's fine. I don't see it as the resurgence of the Disney Renaissance. It really makes me kind of sad, actually, that like it's not the the people call this the resurgence of the Disney Renaissance when Tangled did that, right? True. Tangled is just so solid. It really makes me sad that it doesn't really get as much credit as as Frozen does. And again, it's fine, I guess. But can I say right now on our final thoughts? I cannot believe that this and Wreck It Ralph are the two that are getting sequels back to back. For the next two years. Frozen is weird to me because it felt like the story was done. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm a little concerned about is that well, wh- what are they going to do? Them. Yeah, what well, are they going to do for any of these? Ralph to me was like, it felt like they were building a universe that could be expanded on. Like, yeah, right? he's going to a website, meeting all the Disney princesses. Yeah, that's stupid. I thought he'd go to other games, but whatever. But uh, this <laughs> felt just like... because you just... hate oh, my Disney. Well... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be At honest. I don't care who knows it. All my Disney is dumb. <laughs> I just don't care that much about Disney, which is really weird why I'm on this podcast. But it's Derek's. Put that, you should put that at the end. With Derek's I hate film critique and Nathan's <laughs> I hate Disney. And why am I on this podcast? We'll put I hate Disney at the end of this one, and we'll put the I hate film critique at the end of the next one for Derek. <laughs> The secret confession is no one is happy because that's how the list works. Speaking oh, yeah. of the list, Oliver and Company is not on the bottom, so I will always hate this list. <laughs> really, you put Oliver Company below Chicken Little? You're, no lies. Yeah, you're full of crap. <laughs> I'm just making you crap right now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people harping on single things, not being rational about them, let's discuss Oliver and Company and James. <laughs> Uh, yeah. let's not off Derek, the record did you see my twitter i made the profile i literally say on there irrationally hates all of the company so <laughs> i, I have not see that uh, i should change my answers all of the company's greatest disney movie ever made yes. and then i'll put like i heart new york or something <laughs> just to show you who's boss speaking of who's boss let's fight about where this goes on the list shall we mm. i know where james would put it James would put it beneath Meet the Robinsons and above Wreck-It Ralph. Mm, yep. Mm. Did I predict correctly? Sure, yeah. Mm, now let's, let's see where Derek would put it, and I'm going to find the middle of between those two and see if I'm satisfied. Derek, where <laughs> did you put this movie if this were your list? Derek said he thought Bolt was better, so read the ones in between, Bolt and Wreck-It Ralph. I didn't well, he said say he could that. Understand how, he said he could understand how I thought Bolt was better. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I like Bolt a lot, but I also really like frozen so let's see um this is a good question if you're listening you should all go to on within temptation it's a band and they have a song called frozen and it's good you should go listen to that mm. <laughs> just do it i'm exposing people to good music while you're figuring out what this goes on yeah this. this is this is a really really difficult one okay me. let me let me run let me just break it down for you all right sassafras you ready all right do you like frozen better than hunchback your favorite Disney movie ever, as stated by you. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't say that, no. Okay. Do you like it better than Mulan? It's getting tricky. Do you like it better than Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. Yeah. 
That one's hard because they're two different types of movie. I know. That's why the list the list is <laughs> a friend to no man or woman. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I'd say, yeah, I like it more than Emperor's New Groove. But then again, by that same metric, I'm like, you know, Lilo and Stitch has some really great stuff. But I'm going to put it at number seven between Mulan oh and Emperor's gosh. New Groove. Hey. He's allowed to put it there. Yeah. So that's not where it's going to end up. But that's you're, that's where Derek likes it. If I were trying to game the list, I would say it goes at number one. That way it pull, <laughs> pushes the average up higher. I well, then I'd put it at 20 under Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> no. Monster. <laughs> hey, speaking of a movie about daughters co- or sisters connecting, Lil and Stitch is a pretty freaking good movie. It is. Just, just saying. Yeah. Um, I would put this movie at 15, or 16. I would put it above Treasure Planet mm. and below Winnie the Pooh. So, that, I like it better than, I, I'm actually really comfortable with that pick, looking at this list. I, I do like the movie. It is in my upper half, third-ish. We're getting to... Actually, uh, that's right, like, in the middle, isn't it? No, it's a little lower. Yeah, a little lower in the middle. Yeah. But it'll be close to the middle. But the thing is, for me... Once you hit Atlantis, there's a big drop-off. So I don't really care what goes on down there. I mean, I'm okay with that, Nathan. I'm not okay with it going above Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Like, that just... You did love Winnie the Pooh, Derek. When you came back, I remember you saw it in the theater, and you came to me, and you told me that you loved Winnie the Pooh. You said the L word. And I was like, say what? That's a movie for babies. And then I watched it and it was good. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um... think, of, think, of, think of yourself mm. as a used car dealer. What? How would you negotiate getting this higher than 16? Higher, okay. How would I negotiate? Sell me on why it's better than Winnie the Pooh. Never mind, that's impossible. Tell me on why it's better than something else that's in between these two. Oh, gosh. I, this is like the first one that we actually like have dramatic different opinions on. Yeah, I know, right? Like all the other ones were like, oh, these are going to be so difficult. They really weren't. So wait, what's between the two you said? So you said it. Would you say above Mulan? Um, he said no, I said... Over. Above Emperors, but below Mulan. Okay, yeah. so Be a Man wins out, which is correct, because that song's amazing. It is. And then you said above Wreck-It Ralph. So the halfway point is actually around Princess and the Frog and Hercules, which is... Oh, a- that just hurts me going mm. up there. I don't think I'm it can okay go above... It going where you said, Nathan, but mm. that could high up... It, could you see it above Rescuers Down Under? I can, yeah, actually. No, I know. You I can. like Rescue Down Under way better. <laughs> okay, do you see it going above Bolt? Yes. No. <laughs> we know see where it's going. Going above Winnie the Pooh. No. Yes. Okay. So, based on I... law of averages, all caster votes. <laughs> yep. So, based on the law of averages. Wait, that I have means to take four and four out here, which means it needs to go either above or below the rest of down under, to be fair. So is that with you and me 
Yeah, I'm weighting it in our slightly in our favor. So I, I, you can see what I did on the list. If oh, yeah, you, I'm trying to figure out how you're doing it. <laughs> so I put it where you would put it, and I put it where Derek would put it, and then I put it where I would put it, and then between where I would put it and Derek would put it, I halved it again. I kind of went the four up. This isn't a perfect science. It's a freaking list, man. <laughs> well, shouldn't it be the average between you and I and Derek? So it should be like... The same of democracy. Know. I don't know how numbers work. Hang on. I'll math it. So it'd be 7 It'd plus be 7. 18. Plus. No, not 18 because it'd be... Um, yeah, 18. No, because you've added an extra line. Oh. You've added multiple added extra lines. lines. Well, balls. So I ruined take, the list. Take out 16. the line. It's 16. 16 plus... Well, now no, it's no, no. 15. Take out... Here. Look. No, it would go at 16. So it would go at 7 for Derek. Okay. It would go, go at 16. 16 for you. And it would go 21 for me. Or 20, sorry. 20, no, 20. above Rick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Divided by 3. It will go around where I said you retards. <laughs> it's around <laughs> both or rescuers down under. It's in that area. Hmm. I just, I, well... I can put it under Bolt, I guess. Above Winnie the Pooh, really? Mm. I'd still put it above Bolt. Okay, Nathan, you vote. Let's see. The last time this happened, Derek was the one that made me unhappy. So I think I have to put it below Bolt. Sorry, okay, Derek. I would. Okay, okay, okay. So that I was not without accomplice <laughs> in that instance. <laughs> Well, I'm not without a accomplice in this one either. <laughs> the common fair, denominator James is James. Is okay. <laughs> How? So delete, okay. So if we delete the common denominator, then I just have to make a decision. And my decision is to put it beneath Bolt. Yeah. So, Come on. That's still pretty high up. I mean, but hang on. Is that in the upper half? No, it's not uh, ever going to be in the upper half. Nah. Will it? The 14? Because it depends on where you put... Oh, Big Hero 6? Yeah. And Zootopia Moana. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love Zootopia. Um, even though I haven't even seen it. Wait, you're pretty sure you're going to love? Like, I oh. love. I'm pretty sure I'm going to like that movie. Oh, I but heard love. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I saw Moana. It was okay. It was just very Pokemonist. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't really care. As long as it's not above rescuers down under. <laughs> Derek, if I throw you this bone, yes, then I put Big Hero Six above Frozen. You have to be on my side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I, I'll go with that. All right, <laughs> the deal has been signed. This that is, tur- is ridiculous. <laughs> this is turning into a game of Commander. Yeah, I know, right? For those who don't know, that's Magic the Gathering format where we all fight. Um, that was definitely for my benefit. I can, I know. Yeah, you may- okay. So it is. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I like it. I like it better than Little Mermaid. I'll be honest. I think it's better than Little Mermaid. Yeah. Which is why I was fine with where it was. I understand James just kills him inside to put this above Meet the Robinsons. No, it kills me to put it above Bolt. Like that. That is like a. But that was really the linchpin. You didn't say anything. <laughs> above we can Bolt? put. A, I can still put it below Bolt. Yeah. I mean, it. I will throw you the bone, but I don't know what you need. 
money. Um, <laughs> start paying me off. I like having this power. Derek I, I, I can see why I can see why y'all hem and hawed before about mm. whether Beauty and Beast and Lion King should be because it's great. You have the control of the list in your hands. I mean, it hurts me. Frozen above Winnie the Pooh. It like literally almost kills me having it above Bolt. I kind of feel like I've I'm losing out more in the rankings here than you are. Well, no, because uh, we uh, did the average. Because according mm. to the average, it's either going to be above or below both. Yeah. Technically, according to the average, it should be. It's fourteen point three. So it should be below both. Mm. Yes, it should technically mathematically be below both on the. On I mean, I like Bolt, but uh, I don't know. Frozen just feels like a better put together movie. I like Frozen song better. I'm putting it above. There you go. I like the songs. I'll give it that. All right. Frozen at least lets gave me a lot of like I can make fun of a lot of twelve year old girls because of it. So you know that's that's a perk. Hmm. Oh my gosh, that took forever. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Welcome back, viewers. Maybe we should do like a little intermission song. If we had sponsors, we could put an ad there, but no one wants to sponsor this crap. No. Uh, <laughs> especially after we put the Little Mermaid solo, which is still, I'm pretty sure, what's going to freaking kill us. So the next <laughs> film we watched came out a year later, and it's called Big Hero 6. Let me explain what happens. Disney buys Marvel. Disney realizes they can now use Marvel properties in their actual animation movies. Disney realizes that their superhero movies are PG-13, so 10-year-olds might not be able to go to them. So then they make Big Hero 6. (laughs) Yeah. Big Hero 6 is... Have you read this comic, Derek? I have not, but since seeing the movie, I've done a little research into it, and they make some major, major, major changes. Yes, remember, we're not discussing source material on the yeah. podcast. Well, no, but... Yeah, we are. I mean, just... Well, not according to all the other episodes. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, but we still do it, so you'll win. Yeah. It's I mean, true. I mean, just to put it into context, Fred's power in the comics is to turn into a kaiju. Okay. So he can like turn into... Kaiju. Like an actual kaiju, not a costume. Ah. He can turn into Godzilla. So, <laughs> it's... Huh. Yeah, it's like there's some... Uh, it's a bit different. It is. Give you that. Yeah. Anyway, so the plot of the movie is a kid is in, like, Neo San Fran Tokyo, and he's, like, this kid genius, and his brother's also a genius, and they live with their aunt because their parents are dead because it's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And then his brother works at this robotics lab at mit except it's not mit it's s san francisco it or whatever <laughs> and so san fran tokyo yeah whatever so i guess so the younger genius uh like tries to get into school by inventing this super cool nanobot thing and then at the science fair that he does it it gets burned down his brother dies and then his brother made this robot called Baymax that was like this medical, inflatable medical thing. Y'all know what Baymax is. He's freaking everywhere. <laughs> and so then they find out that the younger brother's nanobots are being used by a nefarious person to do nefarious things. So <laughs> he gets a bunch of his dumb nerd friends. They're not dumb. They're smart. My bad. <laughs> from his, his very racially diverse group of friends. That includes the Asian girl with the purple stripe in her hair, which freaking let that die. And 
they get hero suits that look ridiculous, and then they save the day from the most obvious plot twist ever. That's the movie. Yeah. It's cute. It is. Um, it's a lot better than I thought it would be. Have you seen? Wait, we have to go into if people have seen this before. James, are you saying this is your first time viewing Big Hero Six? So it's the second time I've seen it. Oh. Or no, it's the third. The oh. first time my brother was like, "Oh, you've got to see this," and I was like, "Eh, like I don't. I just saw Frozen. I don't need to see any more Disney films." <laughs> and then backhanded slap, pow. Well. Anyway, so then I watched it with him, and I was like, wow, that was a lot more engaging than I thought it would be. And then I watched it with some of my classmates um, just a little while ago, and one of them slept through it. As per usual, the only movie he's not slept through is an old Disney comedy, if you can believe such a thing. To make him watch something scary, that'll wake him up. That would wake him up. Actually, he'd probably sleep through that, too. He sleeps through pretty much anything. And I really enjoyed it the second time. This time... About the same. That was really good. I have a lot of nice things to say about this movie. Okay. I have never seen this movie before. Everyone wouldn't shut the heck up about it. And I was actually in the same boat, because the same people that wouldn't shut up about it are the same people that were saying Frozen was like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Was this the same year that the Lego movie came out? I think so. Maybe. 2014? I remember seeing the Lego movie, and I'm pretty sure it was before this. And then I was like, okay, animation movies are good that aren't made by Disney. And then I was like, didn't want to watch it. I distinctly remember coming out of a movie theater and hearing about this movie. And I don't remember. Maybe it was when I watched Ex Machina. I think that was that year. Maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, point being, I hadn't seen it. Um, I saw it like an hour before recording this podcast <laughs> with my wife, who had also never seen it. And I thought it was cute. Um, I wasn't like super in love with it but it was solid it felt like a marvel movie for a younger audience which in some ways I actually liked some of the choices they made because of that but yeah, yeah it's fine it's a great movie to show a 10 year old boy i'll tell you that mm-hmm. or a girl actually it's a good movie to show any 10 year old 10 year olds gonna love this movie this week is the 10 year old movies week show them frozen show them big hero six don't discriminate by gender Show them both at the same time. Just do That'd it. Why awful. not? Do not watch Put one in each eye. <laughs> like VR. Plug them in. Sell your soul to Disney. Walt needs your money. Go to Disneyland. How else will he bring about his Ride resurrection? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was literally thinking. In the cryo freeze, he needs your yeah. money so he can return. You didn't know this, but to keep him frozen, the only thing that the machine takes is $100 bills. <laughs> Like it was, it's like one. It's like a slot machine. You put a hundred dollar in. And sometimes ice cubes come out, and sometimes little fireballs come out. So you got to put them in a lot. Yeah, they were trying. Melt. They were trying to warn so us stupid. with Frozen. They said, "Hey, look, here's a movie about a thing that is frozen, and at the end, it is unfrozen. Walt is returning." Yeah, frozen was a cry for help, people. It was <laughs> subtle. Most of you didn't get it because you're mm-hmm. brainwashed by the Illuminati. Speaking of people oh, brainwashed okay. by the Illuminati, Derek, tell us about Big Hero 6. Have you seen this movie before? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters, but I definitely saw it the year it came out, and I I liked it. Um, it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen, but that's most of this list, honestly. But I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a solid beginning-to-end kind of movie. You know, I enjoyed the beginning, I enjoyed the middle, I enjoyed the end. Um, 
There's stuff I like more than others. There's stuff I like more than less. Um, I definitely would say this is one that you should watch without having read the comics, because if you care about that kind of stuff, from what I can see, it will probably annoy you. Right. Mm-hmm. No one reads comics anyway, so that's probably fine. <laughs> Isn't the industry well for like sure? Failing? There's no one that what reads comics and listens to this. Like, I only read no, DC. All our Ducktales fans and Ducktales comics. Yeah, read the Ducktales comics. Yeah. They do. I actually you know, went. New comics actually, actually sold in this country now. I actually went to look up Ducktales comics because I was tired of Derek being the only one that could talk about them. Also, I kind of like Ducktales comics secretly. <laughs> I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> but we'll Why would you confess it on this podcast? <laughs> the wrong podcast to talk about it. Uh-huh. Let's see. Moving on. Uh, good things about Big Hero 6. I want James to, to hit us with some, since I had okay. Derek hit us with good stuff last time. Indeed. I think the story is pretty solid. I feel like that the characters um, have good motivations. I'm not going to go into the one thing I don't like, but it's the first one of the first things. So I'm trying to move past that to the things I do like. I like the team dynamics. I think that the animation is fantastic in this film. This one looks good, yeah. I, yeah. It's just it's so not a good, good style going for it. I think I'll, Frozen did too. I think a lot of the, I think after Chicken Little they got their acts together and <laughs> kind of unified the vision of the film of their films. Yeah, I mean, we'll even meet the Robinsons. I don't feel like was nearly as good as. It got later. I think Tangled some weird parallels, really I think. Yeah. Who's your favorite Big Hero 6? Quick, quick oh, hits. James. It's, it's the older brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's dead. He doesn't count. Uh, spoilers. That, that is, okay, that's like the negative with this movie, but yes. He's dead, Jim. We call you Jim, right? Max? <laughs> not on this podcast. <laughs> My I favorite is not really Red. Actually. Because I hate Jay Miller. What? <laughs> oh, you don't like Fred. Mm. Um, I think Baymax is really, actually, really funny in a way that Olaf could have been, but was not. Baymax is weird because I thought it was going to be super annoying because he was usually the character they plaster all over everything and people are quoting is like the one that makes me want to just put a bullet in my brain. But Baymax was really good. Yeah. He was really sub- The part where he was quote unquote drunk was a little much, but like. I actually thought that was hilarious because he that's exactly what his drunk would be running out of the battery power. That's true. Mm. But I felt like he was he was a subdued he had subdued humor, which is really weird coming mm. from a Disney film made in the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like Baymax a lot. Um I kind of feel like yeah, this is a case of, you know, they got that type of mascot character, right? And he is actually legitimately, you know, funny. It's a, it's a lot of mascot characters at best, I feel you can say, well, they're not syphilis. But in Baymax's case, he's, well, he heals syphilis. So there. Yeah, he heals syphilis. <laughs> <Yeah>. Syphilis? <laughs> I don't know. It's the first disease it's that the came to mind. For children. That's the first thing that came to your mind? Mm, that makes super age. It's like regular age, but worse. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, no. Another word for Fred's character. Because <laughs> I fucking hate Fred. He's the worst thing in this movie. Oh, we'll get to that. But yeah, like, I don't know. His, it's just, I like that de- the delivery that he has. Like the moment where they're running away from the first time they see the bad guy and he's just like, 
I am not very fast. He's like, I thought that was funny. I feel like Baymax has such an understated way of stating the obvious, but it's perfect for his character too, because he's supposed to be this, you know, perfect health care professional. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's not human, so you can, he's literally artificial intelligence, so it makes sense that things that a human would take for granted are things that, you know, he wouldn't take for granted, and thus he points them out. I feel like the sacrifice of Baymax also was a good payoff for this movie because his whole thing, you know, is supposed to be this healthcare directive. And then, you know, clearly Hero has adjusted his programming, but then it comes full circle where, you know, he did give his life for the care of his patients. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. And well, it it ties into Hero's big emotional ordeal being getting over the death of someone. And so Mm -hmm. having to lose that again, but realizing that there's ways to move on in Baymax's mm-hmm. case was to make another Baymax, which also helped him reconnect with his brother. Yeah. He was dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the thing that came to mind when, when you were mentioning his sacrifice is that, yeah, it's, it's, it ties into the character arc Ergo, mm-hmm. it's warranted and justified. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I like that Disney is fully embracing this whole just use anime archetypes for everything. Because <laughs> all their characters felt like the easily digestible anime archetypes that a lot of anime shows use. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that was fine because it made them all distinct, which is yeah. why, you know, anime does it. Because yep. that's an easy way to manufacture distinct characters. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I thought it worked. Yeah. I really liked the – what's the uh, – wasabi i like wasabi Wasabi. yeah i like when wasabi was driving the car i think that might be one of my favorite scenes that was just a yeah in another movie that joke would have just failed as being lame but it like worked they like set his character up right and it like made sense yeah i feel like this movie did a really good job juggling the comedy the action and the emotion which that's a really hard to do all three what is that strange noise in the background it's a motorcycle that seems like it's taking forever to get out of here it's baymax Here's, yeah it's flying by i think it's flying by i honestly uh wasabi's introduction was one of the first really funny jokes that i enjoyed it's like oh and that's wasabi and it's like i spilled wasabi on my shirt one time people he's very super meticulous about where his things are yeah 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 a lot of times these types of like quirks i don't want to just bash meet the robinsons i'm sorry james but this is too easy an analogy like Fine. there's a there's sometimes a point where the quirks fail to be endearing and become obnoxious or un they become unbelievable mm-hmm. and i felt like these characters were weird and had weird quirks but i still bought it because i knew people in college that were like all of these people yeah. <laughs> so. and having a friend group like that working on research together totally makes sense yeah, what I like from an adult perspective. Yeah, what I like about the about the large cast that they play with is that they do a really good job of making me want to know more about these characters. Like we don't get very deep except, into it, except one of them. Well, yeah, they, we we don't get deep in really deep into any of them besides Hero, but it works in its favor, I think, because I want to know more. Therefore, I would love to see a sequel to this. Or possibly watch nope. the TV show that's coming out. I was going to say, there is a TV show. So, so hopefully it'll be better than Tangled because that TV show sucks. <laughs> the one good thing about Fred is the joke about him living in a huge mansion was funny. And the fact yeah. that... Did you see the very last Alan thing of him? Or whatever, yeah. 
what's his name? Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Why did I say Alan Moore? That he makes other no stuff. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I'm just imagining the entire Marvel universe, but swap Stan Lee for Alan Moore. <laughs> Please no. Um, I don't think yes. Disney would have bought that universe oh, just on a hunch. Yeah. Oh, anyway, makes you say that? I thought the, the Stanley joke. I thought that was a funny cameo. It was funnier when they didn't have him show up at the end. Yeah. I thought because having him just being this like passing joke that it's in the picture that fans yeah. will get was cute. Yeah. But, well, I liked yeah. him showing up at the end, like post credits, because it almost felt like it was making fun of the Marvel staple. You know, like, <laughs> oh, we got to yeah. tease the next. True you know, movie, and then it really is, like, everything Marvel does in a very funny way with arguably the worst character in the story. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was, yeah. thought it was a good payoff. I did like that the final... This felt almost weirdly like a pre-Disney Marvel movie before they just kind of hit the formula. It is still formulaic, don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. But having it end on, like, a small-scale conflict i mean he is blowing up a giant office building but it still is it's not like a giant blue laser the portal is blue like blowing up the whole world it's a smaller conflict and a more personal conflict that's very dr octopus honestly Mm -hmm. um in many many ways is refreshing it's nice like it's nice to have a small scale marvel movie which is technically is which mm should have been better which makes me sad, but yeah. indeed, that's yeah. just because you're salty about Edgar, right? I am, but this is this is Spider-Man Homecoming-ish. That's the one of the things I didn't think. I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was good. Just for the record, I did not think it was as amazing as some people did, but I did feel like it was a better Marvel movie than most because yeah. it kept the scale small. Yeah, and yeah. this movie does that too, and I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, which is, becomes really hilarious when I listen to podcasts where they're complaining about the scale being too small, and I'm like. Guys, that was the good part. No, be fair, no matter podcast, what. but this one. Yeah. <laughs> Delete them from your phone. <laughs> what are you going to say, James? Oh, I was just saying, to be fair, people are going to complain about everything, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> we just spend an hour and a half giving them material to complain about, so yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Um, the humor in this movie worked. Yeah. Again, it, it really does. Tame. It was tame. I didn't laugh out loud, LOL. It wasn't like a gut buster, but like it was subdued. I really like when my humor is like smart and subtle, even if it's like the boring Josh Whedon wit, which does crop up from time to time in this movie. Yeah. At least it didn't feel overbearing. Yeah. I felt like a lot of it was beats inserted to other things. Like in the action scenes, they have moments of comedy. Which really right, which is what makes action scenes good. Yeah. yeah. And it, it made it so that the whole movie it Okay, this is not to be backhanded, but it's just on my mind. <laughs> Olaf giving his little, you know, one off jokes just broke up the flow. This one felt like it actually helped the flow. And they were they they're interwoven, jokes. I felt yeah. into the yeah, script. I won't I won't argue with that. This movie was a much funnier movie than Frozen. Except um. for Fred. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, he wasn't that bad. It's his suit was so dumb. Anyway. Yeah. But that's it, kind of what it made it funny to me was that his suit was so stupid and yeah. he was so excited about it. And I'm like, Yeah, everybody has one of those friends where they would literally want that and 
Yeah. Just like that is so dumb, but they'd be so excited about it. Yeah. Also, he's kind of the most useless character there. Like yeah. everyone is a genius, and he's like Just not chilling with them. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, every group friend group of friends has that friend who's not as smart as any everyone else. I can't identify who that friend is in our friend group, but it usually happens. I have no, <laughs> no idea. No comments, sir. <laughs> Like, uh, okay. Why would you even bring this up? That was awkward. We'll just say it to Jason because he doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. Hmm. And no one knows who This is um, true. You know, I, I told thought him that, that we talked about him on our podcast and he was like, that's so strange. Why would you guys do that? Um, I thought they picked a terrible Fallout Boy song. Just for the record, I, uh-huh. the, I don't mind Fallout Boy, but man, that song is grating. At least its opening verse just makes me want to gouge my ears out. Wait, mm. the end credit song or the they other? They play one? it in the middle. It's the same song. It's Immortals by Fallout Boy. They play it twice. It's the same song. I don't remember mm. it being played twice. Wow. They play okay. it during the montage where they all get their powers, and then mm-hmm. they play it during the end credits. It's the same song. Okay. Okay. Mm. It makes you want to rip my ears out. Yeah, I will say, mm, honestly, the music, none of the music stood out to me in this movie. Yeah, the score wasn't particularly... But, you know, yeah. Well, it's you know. It's a Marvel movie score. It just exists to exist. So. Yeah, true. Um, Honestly, yeah, I mean, like I said, the characters, like, I'm interested in pretty much all of them. I mean, granted, I'll say Fred is probably not the greatest, but, like, all the other characters, like, I mean, heck, Hero's Ant for example. It's like, yeah, she's fun. She's, yeah, she's a fun character, and I'm just... She's a legit character, too. Yeah, and it's like, she makes sense as, like, you know, here is a, you know, an adult that is the guardian for a relative and, but, you know, isn't their parent. It just... It's properly written. Hero being as smart as he was worked for me as well. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. those, you know, genius kid tropes just fall flat on their face but this one seemed pretty good well i think it worked yeah i think one crucial element of that and this is to sort of compare it to the uh kid from meet the robinsons where lewis lewis yeah not that i'm in love Hmm. with that movie or anything actually wait a minute i need to rethink because i mean what i was gonna say was that we see that you know we see hero failing like there's a montage of him failing which with Lewis, it felt more like less failure and more like, you know, he was constantly progressing towards inventing that big invention. Like what? Now he had the whole montage of failing too. Well, yeah, and but that was it was the whole point of the story was to learn that failure was okay. Well, but it was more along the lines of failure, but still moving in the same direction. While here with Hero, it was more felt more like you know he had many different ideas that get abandoned before he comes up with the winner. Well, that was like like half a scene, though. Yeah, yeah, and he he was still on the same thing because he was still trying to build the armor for Bayman. Yeah, that felt yeah. like they just put that in just because if they didn't, he'd just have been infallible in terms of his yeah tech creation abilities, right? Because he never like screws up ever again. Yeah, I guess I think I guess for me the thing is the way his initial failure is presented works really well because you know it's a joke. It's and it's actually really funny because, you know, there's this big build up to the big montage of success and then head on the table. So, 
I don't know. I think maybe that's what more what I was getting towards. It just stood out to me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that makes sense. It's a yeah. gag, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, let's see, what other positives are there? I mean, I guess we could go into the individual characters, or should we just say, with the exception of one, they're all great? Like, Fred's fine, I'll be honest. Like, he fits. Like, his character makes sense yeah. in the context. I just don't like T.J. I mean, Miller, <laughs> and I feel like the character was a little overly obnoxious in a movie that was subdued. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I don't think he was that big of a no. deal. I have to latch on something I didn't like, and it's going to be that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think the only thing that I have an issue with is that I, I did... It also feel like the twist was just, you know, obvious a mile away. Yeah. I wish there was a way to have incorporated his daughter going missing earlier. Yes. For I what agree. the plot point it was later. Yeah. I also kind of felt but like it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I also kind of felt like the whole bit with them saying, oh, it's his daughter. It's like, well, they have the same last name and he's angry about it, but that doesn't definitively say this is his daughter. I don't know. Felt like a weird leap of logic for intelligent characters. He could have married a really younger girl. <laughs> could have been possible. Yeah, could have been a niece. His waifu. You know, I mean, it was a very. It's true. Can you remind me a lot of Doctor Octopus and Spider Man too? Like a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like not just well, because he was mentoring. He was a mentoring professor for the main character that used nanobots and like turned evil due to some pivotal life event where they lost someone that they loved, which is literally Doc Ock. And he used the nanobots to make octopus arms, basically. Yeah. yeah. Doc Ock was less driven by revenge and more like wanting personal success in his scientific endeavors without realizing the irrationality of his belief, which is why Doc Ock's a better villain. But yeah. I still liked him in this movie. That yeah. Yeah, like, I, he wasn't like super engaging, but like he was fine. Yeah, I thought I thought he was, you know, he was just right for the movie. He did not go above and beyond the movie, nor did he fall below it in any way. It was just like he fit into the slot the movie needed. Um, and hmm, let's see, I had some menacing. That oh, was yeah. creepy. Like, yeah, and yeah, I like I like his design, just like you know. The uh, let's see, was is I think it's a kabuki mask. Is that what they said? Mm-hmm. So yep. I thought that yeah, I thought that was really added like a really striking visual element to it. Um, you know, one part that involves him that I really liked was the moment where Baymax goes just berserk. I thought that was a really really intense scene, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I like that the heroes, the main hero, the hero, (laughs) learning that, you know, the the obvious element of learning that killing him won't bring his brother back and then incorporating Mm -hmm. that into the villain's arc, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't work out as well as it should. Is it weird that I thought it was oddly hilarious that like, he gets his daughter back and she's like being wheeled off and like being resuscitated and then he just gets put in a car and sent to prison and doesn't even get to like see her? Like what a dick move. I yeah, that but that like, it's kind of realistic though. I mean, sure. I just thought it was like kind of funny. It's like, oh, it sucks so bad. <laughs> I mean, because it's just like right next to he's like literally walks it right by him and he's like Wait, <laughs> they lock him up. Oh, <laughs> so 
This is kind of a prescriptive thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do and it. Whoever edits it can cut it out because this is a train wreck to edit anyway. Oh gosh. So I have I have feelings about Todashi dying at the beginning. I understand why they had to do it, but I really felt like that was pretty traumatic for this movie. And I hate having all the older siblings always get knocked off. I mean, all three of us are the oldest brothers of brothers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is I'm just, just waiting for oh. a science lab to blow up so I can run into it and just oh, die. Gosh. Disney. I mean, Disney I would be really mad at you if you did this. <laughs> but I also kind of felt like you could have paralleled it more so that Todashi was like in a coma or something and unavailable. And the daughter being gone and mm. bringing the daughter back and then Todashi coming back. But mm. that being said, well, I do feel like it, the movie needed to be about death and yeah. coming past that. Well, the fact that you're, that you had that reaction to his death shows that it was the right decision, narratively speaking. Because, I mean, a death doesn't mean anything if it doesn't mean anything to the audience, but a death that an audience <laughs> is angry about. You know, that, yeah. that yeah. means something. You know, called George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say... I that wrote di- Big Hero yeah. 6, that would be a very different experience. Yeah, I will say that that, tre- that trend of, hey, let's kill off the older brothers now. It's like Disney has sated their bloodlust on mo- mothers and fathers, and now they're coming for us. Yeah, they already killed their mother and father before. <laughs> like, you're next, podcasters. All right. Man, they That's have many fine. other reasons Bring to it. want to finish this off. All right. Should we move to negatives on this train wreck of a podcast? (laughs) Yeah, let's let's do it. So I thought the initial pacing was too exposition heavy. The beginning of the film. I can when they're playing when he does battle when he does battle bots that part was fine. But when they're like driving around the motorcycle, he's like, "Well, I can't believe that such a genius fourteen year old is wasting his time doing robobots instead of going to college." That's after our parents died when you were three. It's just like, okay, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you nailed it. You're setting everything up. You couldn't just let that organically come out. Yeah, just because you put it in dialogue, then they're talking about something else, does not make it organic. It still sounds really stupid. Yeah, we already knew they had wanted to bring it up again okay we already knew their parents were dead when they went home to their aunt like you didn't have to grind it in it was yeah. and if we didn't know they were dead we knew they were not going to be a key part of the story because they wouldn't mention they were gone yeah, yeah i did it, it kind of chugged a little at the beginning for me yeah. it like it felt like it took a while for the plot to start hmm. because you yes. don't even see the antagonist until like get freaking 45 minutes into the movie and then you don't even really know who he is or have a plan, which is like when the plot actually starts in a movie until even past that. Yeah. And I mm. think it's fine because the movie, I was entertained, but like it was just strange pacing. Yeah. I don't know. My question is why was robot fighting illegal? Like, because clearly it's dangerous and bad. Well, robot we, fighting isn't illegal now. Yeah, we have it in we have TV shows dedicated to that. Like he says, robot fighting is legal. It's just bending legal. Yeah, that's ah, yeah. fair enough. I guess I must have missed that. I, liked I did that like the scene a lot. Yeah, I did like the robot fight scene. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> See, that scene did good establishing his character that he's kind of a wise ass, and he like, mm-hmm. but he's really good technologically. But he also is not good in a fight and is kind of easily intimidated and 
and needs someone to help take care of him, right? Yeah. All of that is explained without a character on a motorcycle saying to him, gee, hero, you sure are a character that's really good <laughs> technologically, and you like to be a dick sometimes, but you definitely need me to come help you when you get in a scrape. <laughs> like, no. It didn't need I that. think the movie, yeah. like, a general pacing, not super great, but, like, during the scenes, for the most part, the pacing is good in the scenes, which makes yeah. it so that you can get through... Like, the general problem. I agree. Scene to scene, the movie feels each scene is well constructed. Yeah. I mean, Todashi's dialogue in that one scene aside. <laughs> yeah, it painted my my negative feelings from him being the walking exposition brother, but mm. it's fine. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I felt, you know, pretty. I felt pretty invested in their relationship, other than, you know, exposition. Yeah. So, which, you know, it's, it's always kind of hard to do that. Cause I mean, a good example is, uh, the brothers at the beginning of Brother Bear, where it's like, okay, Ugh. you need to establish that they are close to each other, but that there is conflict. But at the same time, how do you do that in like, what, five minutes? Meanwhile, I, th- I thought Big Hero 6. Real action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I thought Big Hero 6 did a really good job of that. Yeah. Minus the dialogue, you felt, and you and the brother che- tricking him into coming to the lab, knowing that it would help convince him, was a good character moment for both yeah. of them. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I, well, I and him rescuing him on the motorcycle, Todashi yeah. saving the hero, is a good moment. It's just that particular dialogue is what bugged yeah. you, and it also ties into you know his ultimate fate because he rushes into a place filled with possibly criminals to save his younger brother. And then that's ultimately what gets him killed. He rushes in to help. Yep. He's too good. He was too pure for this world. So he blew up <laughs> he in a laboratory. He was too pure for this world. <laughs> I'm going to go put that on Twitter right now. Todashi <laughs> was too pure for this world. And he even made a robot to help people feel better. Yeah. That gave hugs. <laughs> Todashi was, was too pure for this world. Yeah. That's why I had to die. <laughs> I have another negative if people want it. Okay. Nope. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about Fred. I've already been my point clear about Fred. Um, this is a – some might consider this me being too picky, but I don't care what you think. Um, this movie didn't really make me feel anything. Hmm. Like, I liked it. I enjoyed my time with it. I will probably never watch it again. I – it was completely solid. It is a great movie. It's a great Marvel movie. And it's a great Disney movie. And I think it's, again, if you have a 10-year-old kid who loves Captain America and superhero movies, this is a bomb movie to show them. It's perfect. Mm. It's like Disney somehow knew that that demographic was needing and made a movie for them. Fancy mm. that. But it just didn't – compared to a lot of other Disney movies we've watched, it just didn't captivate me in a way that those movies do. Mm. Yeah. I did really like Baymax as a character, which, again, mm-hmm. surprised me a lot. He was very endearing. That was, like, the only emotion I felt was because I liked Baymax. Hmm. And, like, it just didn't hit me. And I, not all movies have to, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But this one didn't. So there. I'm, I'm going to take the opposite approach and say that this movie made me feel too much. <laughs> <laughs> because... Was it the was, movie, or was it like the burrito you ate before you watched the movie that made I've you? I've seen it a couple times. Oh, okay. So that's a lot of burritos. 
That is a lot of burritos. I feel like uh, I was very wrapped up in Todashi and Hiro's relationship, which is something I do have to say for Frozen. If you're wrapped up in those sisters' relationship, like as a girl, I don't have any sisters, so I don't know. But I imagine that that movie would be way more powerful and interesting and engaging than it was for me. Yeah. But like Big Hero 6 for me is probably what Frozen is to a lot of girls with sisters. Because I have little brothers. I'm pretty protective of them, even though they're totally fine and can take care of themselves. And so Todashi Don't dying, start making a Baymax, <laughs> James. Then I'll be okay. Well, I made this podcast with you guys, and I'm pretty sure that's the most dangerous thing I've this done. This podcast before. isn't helping anyone, so it's yeah. like the opposite of Baymax. It's giving them cancer. Yeah, I was so. about to say, this <laughs> podcast has nothing to do with healing. <laughs> no, I was, well, was going to say, this is probably the reason why someone's going to, you know, this is the take fo- care of me. <laughs> this is the fire that you die in. Well, if it's at my school, mm. I shouldn't finish that sentence. All right, sorry. <laughs> keep, keep going, James, on what you like. Oh, I was just going to say, I really did have an emotional connection with them. And Hero getting over his brother's death and moving on is something that to me was very meaningful, especially this last time, um, because my grandma, you know, passed away about a year ago. That did connect with me emotionally in this film. Hmm. But that's fine if it doesn't anybody else. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's good. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'll confess, I cry pretty easily during emotional mo- moments in movies. I'm very easily manipulated. And <laughs> I was watching that. I was telling one of my friends about that the other day. Wait, you know what? Was like, uh, Derek and I saw Inside Out together, and when Bing Bong died, I could hear like <laughs> basically muffled sobs, and I looked over, and Derek was like holding his beard with his hands like in his mouth sobbing and i was like i mean i'm crying too but wow it it was very I can cut well that made out in the podcast by the way but no leave it in you want to see Derek's soft emotional side <laughs> talk about movies people have cried during yeah i mean yeah the <laughs> end um yeah the end of this one where baymax uh, sacrifices himself was not quite as impactful as Inside Out. That's the new yardstick I measure by. But it still got me misty-eyed. You were a wreck when Bing Pong died. To be fair, that was also a really bad time, just in general. <laughs> that was a... Yeah, it was pretty... I I would like to say that it didn't feel emotionally manipulative. There are a lot of movies that I've been watching recently. I've been keeping an eye out for this. Because I read, I watched some stupid YouTube video that said, when you start feeling an emotion in a movie, you step back and look at that emotion and re- and think what's causing it. Is it because the music <laughs> suddenly swelled? Like Wreck-It Ralph, I had to catch myself. Because when he's like falling to commit suicide or whatever <sighs> to get his medal, and he starts saying his stupid hero thing. And like the movie music swells, and I'm like, man, I'm starting to feel emotions. And I'm like, wait, why? Like context-wise, this makes no sense. <laughs> It's because of the stupid music. Oh, okay. It's a callback, which makes you think that it's an emotional moment, but it's not. It's dumb because it's record for <laughs> Oh, gosh. That, uh, that exact same thing happened to me. I was like watching and I'm like, this is sad. And then I'm like, wait, no, I, I don't think I actually like this movie. Stop crying. And then I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I never had to like do a double take because even Baymax's sacrifice was like, wasn't 
melodramatic, really. It felt like no. it was just part of the movie. And I actually really yeah. liked that. I know I just complained that I said it wasn't super emotional and I'm a giant hypocrite. Send me a tweet at the useless god to say what a giant freaking hypocrite am. I don't care. But yeah. I did – I felt <laughs> – this podcast is such a train wreck, guys. Like, it's fine, but I do. I did feel like I was glad that it was emotionally subdued. I liked it. Yeah, I, I think... still like the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing: like comparing that moment to the moment with Ralph, and why the one works and the other doesn't, is that with in Wreck It Ralph. They're trying to, they're using that as the culmination of Ralph's character arc. The reason it doesn't work is because his character arc was muddled and confused and I did, had no idea what the movie was trying to say. Meanwhile, in Big Hero 6, it's the culmination of Hero's character arc. The moment that he, that he admits that he is going to be okay, that, and that's the, that's where the emotion is coming from. Not only are you losing an endearing character, you also have the emotional catharsis of he's, you know, he's either, he's not healed yet, but he is beginning to actually heal. And so I think that's why it works so much better. Because, you know, his character yeah. arc was more straightforward as well. I'd agree. Yeah. And so, it's a good moment. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at the big, the big thing that can kill these kind of moments is how necessary... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how necessary is the sacrifice? I mean, a good example that people give of absolutely unnecessary sacrifices is Jonathan Kent in Man of Steel, where it's like, okay, but what, what's at stake? People find out oh he's goodness, an alien. Derek, it took me like five seconds to figure out who you were talking about. Well, there you go. Oh, Superman's dad who gets stands there while a tornado sucks him up. Yeah, that made zero sense. I don't understand yeah. what was going on in that movie. It's he like, just wanted to die because he didn't like his wife. Same. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying there. It's like, yeah, he died and it's supposed to be sad, but it that just makes Superman look bad in that, you know, ignore what your dad says, go frickin' save him. Meanwhile, here it's like, you know, the sacrifice does not make either of the characters look bad. I've only cried during one movie. Can really? you guess what movie that is? I uh, almost cried at the end of it. I get choked up a lot, but yeah. I don't cry. I really? like actually cried during a movie. And it made In one of these ones? Well, no. You've already told me which one oh. it is. Just can James James, what movie do you think it was that makes that Nathan can't like watch the YouTube clips because it makes him cry and it makes him uncomfortable? Grave of the Fireflies. No, I didn't cry in that movie. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. The end of Schindler's list just destroys oh. me. Completely yeah. destroys me. The end of the movie. I can't even talk about it. The end of the movie where he like has this emotional breakdown and wishes he could have saved more people, even though he's already you know done so much. It's like, mm -hmm. and the fact that it was real is like, this yeah. is not on top at all. Everyone should go watch Schindler's List. It's a happy movie. You'll love it. No, <laughs> <laughs> you'll love it. You'll cry at the end and just feel sad, but you'll at least be happy that there's good people in real life. Fred. <laughs> oh. Fred is like the anti-Schindler, really, if you think about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Can, we, can we, you know, wind this down? End this? Yeah. Okay, let's do some closing closing remarks. Um, Derek. Um, I do really like this movie. Um, it It's kind of, I don't know, it's weird. I have these 
bits of movies that I really latch onto. Um, it's been happening a lot recently, and Big Hero 6 is one of those ones that has kind of stayed around in the back of my mind for quite a while. Um, it's not my favorite movie of the world. I don't even know what that would be, but I really, really like it, and I'd say that. And Max Fury Road. No, I was going to say it's either Hunchback or Frozen. Yeah. No, in the world. In the world. Um, yeah. It's that's... not Hunchback or Frozen? No, there's, there's other movies I like more. Yeah, people watch adult movies too, James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yay, what? Yeah. Anyway, but sorry, yeah. go ahead, Derek. So yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's a solid movie. I mean, uh, the, at worst, I could nitpick um, the negatives, which, I mean, you just heard us. And so it's like, yeah, I really... Yeah. Score I like it. it. Sorry. Um I'm gonna give it a no, four as well. That was with with give it what, four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That seems fair. James. I really like this movie. Too. I'm gonna give it a four as well. I think it's it's good. It's a solid film. Mm. Yeah. I don't have any major complaints. It's really hard for me to rank this movie it's like it is hard for me to rank (laughs) modern movies okay here's why it's hard it's it's a good movie right it's well constructed it works but i know deep in my cynical douchebag heart that this is following a formula that is the same formula used for marvel movies and what have you because they use the 3x structure in the exact way so it's a movie that is you know it feels like a competent film because people know how to make competent films now at least disney does and so when I compare it to something like Hercules, which I think I gave three stars to, then Hercules is, has, is a giant mess in the third act. But it's also, like, not a formulaic movie. And so I'm like, do I give this three? Do I give this four? Am I a sellout if I give it four? Am I a can sellout I, if I give this four, James? <laughs> can I make a comment no. unrelated to how you're going to rate this? Well, I mean, related to the other part of it. Okay. I think it's okay to use a formula uh, and do it well. Hmm. There's no shame in using the formula to do things well. And well, I can't be a movie hipster, though. <laughs> well, it's like... I understand that. But it also, that's how people learn how to read and write and create. You take yeah. the formula and you start adjusting it. You get good at the formula and then you branch out. Well, I think it's fine to have things that are formulaic and that are good. Yeah, I think the the most common uh, defense of the formula that I've heard is that, you know, a musician playing classical music, you know, it doesn't matter that they're playing someone else's music. What matters is how they perform it. So this is the Beethoven of Marvel movies? Well, compared to some other Marvel movies. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm giving it three. Okay. Suck it. <laughs> uh, Fred, what have you wrought? It's still good. Show it to a 10 year old. Show both these movies to 10 year olds. Why not? Show all these movies to 10 year olds, especially Chicken Little. Speaking you know, of Chicken What? Next time we do a podcast, well, not like next time with next podcast, but next like podcast we do, we should do the Rotten Tomatoes version. What's that? Where it's either rotten or fresh, and then if all three of us give it fresh, then it's certified fresh. Uh, okay. That sounds ethically in- disingenuous. I-, I give this fresh. 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 <laughs> certified fresh. We did it. 
Thanks. Yay. Tune in next week when we put it on the list. Wait, let's put it on the list now. All right, let's fight some more. Where should this go? Oh, gosh. On stupid list that no one likes. I thought you said we're putting it above Frozen, right? Oh, yeah. I have so, made a commitment. Uh, <laughs> so, James, where would you put this? Um, I'd probably put it... Uh, oh, this is now hard. <laughs> I'd put it beneath Tarzan above Princess and the Frog. That's right. I love that. That's a perfect that a good spot for it. So um, should live. I was yeah. honestly, my first thought was put it between the Great Mouse Detective and Tarzan, but yeah, your spot works. Uh, I only put it below Tarzan because I mean, I could put it above Tarzan. What do people think no. about above Tarzan? No, put it, okay. Put it 11. That's a perfect spot for it. Yeah. Big Hero 6. Just barely doesn't make it in the top 10, which means freaking Tarzan is still in our top 10. Are we watching anything that's going to. Oh, yeah, Zootopia. Maybe we'll bump it down. Let's see. Possibly. That's been this week's episode. It's a um, train wreck, probably. I don't know. But, Editing you know, nightmare. It's okay. an editing nightmare, but you don't know that. So, you know, send <laughs> send the send the send the tweet to, to all three of us because we don't know who's editing this one at the time of recording, saying thank you for editing it, and then we'll just forward it to whoever actually did it, <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just take the credit. Whatever, who cares? Mm. No one cares. But we appreciate you listening to us deconstruct movies that no one cares about. Because no one cares about Frozen. That's the biggest lie of the year. Um, <laughs> and from here at the Thunderdome, I'm Nathan at the Useless God on Twitter. I'm James, and you can reach me on Twitter at BingeWatchFan. And if you are the listener that I know you are who said that Chicken Little was funny, please tweet me. What? Because what? I'm still no, mad about unsubscribe. that. No, unsubscribe. Get off. Wait, what? I mean, okay. And no I am. No one thinks Chicken Little's funny. That person no, lied to you. I legit got a text this week, which kind of dates this podcast. Uh, oh, we better cut that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, right. Derek. Yep. Where can people tell you the Chicken Little's funny? I am at Burning Lizard on Twitter, and you can send me. Uh, I don't know. Send me stuff. Tell me why my all my opinions are wrong. Send him a bunch of those like weird Elsa video games that are all over the iPad store, like Elsa brain surgery. <laughs> oh <and> hell <laughs> no! Please don't, please don't. Some of those are traumatizing looking. You became a, you became Baymax for a minute there, Derek. Yeah. You Oops. Became Baymax. You were a robot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the only way to survive. For this episode once again, Nathan doesn't know how to end it, so I'm going to sing the song. <laughs> I don't actually remember how it goes. That's it. It's done. Please turn the podcast off. Derek, turn off the recording. Never. It's poo.
can't remember anything about Frozen now. She's <laughs> <laughs> probably bad. That's okay. It's like I watched it like yesterday. Anyway, here we go. Opening and ending music by at Ben Sound. Podcast cover art by Nathan Rackley at Drawakir on Twitter. <laughs>